Book Retorts is a podcast about what happens when you try to explain your weird media finds to your friends. We've got dragons. Davio's dragon, which name is Deborah. Deborah the dragon. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> it's so good. And questionable science. They want to like drive the moon out of the solar system and like fly it off like a big spaceship. And it's bonkers. <laughs> Destroy the Earth. Nancy Drew investigates. There's a new boy in town. But is he human or vampire? And ask the tough questions. And how is it that you explain the coffin in your parlor? Which is a legitimate question. <laughs> I got it. And it doesn't make sense in the books either. <laughs> There's also romance. They ruin their nice date. I, well, that was the whole point of karate chopping the person earlier and going into the <laughs> right. restaurant, Sam. So join us every Wednesday as we take on the weirdest books, movies, graphic novels, and whatever else we find over at bookretorts.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language. So please be mindful of who around you can hear it. After the show, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen. The feedback helps us out a lot. And we are now on Patreon. And for $3 a month, you can get early access to episodes, as well as some exclusive features like behind-the-scenes sound bites, or maybe even some giveaways. Your support is appreciated. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked the big questions that no one else is willing to ask. It's going to be okay, Sam. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Welcome again to the Rewatch Recap, where we are finishing our TV movie of the week month, which kind of sounds confusing the way I said it. Uh, I'm your host, Dustin, and with me for this episode are Sam and Danielle of Book Retorts Podcast. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. Yeah, glad to be here. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a hiccup? Did you get that excited? I am excited. <laughs> that was a whoop. Oh, okay. It was a whoop. <laughs> So, Danielle, why don't you describe what Book, book Retorts is for the listeners? That's a great question, Dustin. <laughs> 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 book Retorts is the podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who doesn't have any experience with it. And every week, usually, we go back and forth explaining a book, a movie, a TV show, something like that, that the other person hasn't watched or read. And uh, they go to town dissecting it and explaining how weird it really is <laughs> and we get into all kinds of real we go way more in depth than many of these things deserve and <laughs> often end up in weird cul-de-sacs so if you like that kind of thing check us out yeah you usually pick some things a little more obscure and a little bit less known but you still like them that's why you're trying to put them out there it sounds like right for yeah. the most part yeah i think that's yeah. true okay good so yeah, check them out. Make sure you find them wherever podcasts are played, book retorts. I'm going to put your website info in the show notes, so at least they'll be able to go there. So, oh, speaking of show notes, I want to do a little housekeeping real quick. 
Don't forget that every Tuesday after the episode premieres, there are Patreon exclusive episodes, basically candid conversations that we record like this, like we had just a few minutes ago. Um, so for $3 a month, you can join Patreon and get access to those as well. And early access to episodes going forward. So a few days before they come out. So you can find all that info in the show notes as well. Okay. So back to, I saw what you did, which is the movie we watched. Dun, dun, wow. Ooh, Sam, have you guys ever seen this before? Probably not, right? No. I definitely have not. But apparently based on a book, now I want to read the book. And also an yeah. older movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I caught it originally when it aired. So I think okay. I was like seven years old when it aired. And I was just flipping through channels and landed on this. And I watched the entire thing. It was on CBS. And then years later, they re-aired it on Lifetime. I think I I caught it in my, my teenage years, so but I hadn't seen it since the 90s for sure. Like I said, I caught it on CBS on May 20th, 1988, and it stars Shawnee Smith and Tammy Lauren. They, they, those sound like porn names to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't going to really say anything, did. but... <laughs> I got to say, the yeah, opening really of, this, of this movie <laughs> with the locker room invitation really had me wondering what kind of movie this was going to be. I know, right? Oh. And back alley all the way through to YouTube. You're like, oh, what's this? this is, ooh, this is seedy. Um, yeah, so yeah, so they play two teenagers who crank call the wrong guy, Robert Carradine, whose half brother is David Carradine, who also makes an appearance. Um, and They're if you don't related. know, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was like, they don't, they don't look they do anything not, alike. They don't look and related. Anything, <laughs> I would have thought like. David Carradine was like an uncle or an older brother. I didn't see them as being on the same age range. I just didn't, but whatever. Um, but yeah, if you don't know, Robert Carradine um, played Lewis Skolnick in the Revenge of the Nerds movies. I don't know if you remember that or not. So yeah, he's, ah, 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 you know, that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when I saw him in this at that age, because I'd seen Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, I was seven years old and I'd seen all these things like Porky's and all these horrible movies. <laughs> oh, no. Showing a kid. <laughs> I had seen them. We had HBO. It's what it was. You know, people did not pay attention to what their kids watched back in the 80s, especially. Or 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. And now they're a little too helicoptery over it, I think, but whatever. So, yeah, I saw that. Um, at, there was a big change in character type for him. And I, like, I only remember a little bit of this movie. Like I said, I saw it twice, but the last one was in the 90s. So it's been a good 20, 30 years since I've seen it. So it's almost new to me, this go-around. Um, like you mentioned before, it is based on a book called Out of the Dark by Ursula Curtis, which I have not read, but it does sound interesting. I'm kind of interested to know how close the story was to the book. But if you read it, let me know. Um, <laughs> it's also a remake, like you said, of a 1965 film, which was also titled I Saw What You Did, and it starred Joan Crawford. Now, oh. apparently, uh, David Carradine's character was not in that movie. And they think that in place of Joan Crawford's character, which was like a neighbor to mm -hmm. the, the bad guy, um, they put him in instead. So it kind of just gender swapped and repurposed, I guess, the character. Yeah, I read the summary on the other movie and it was quite different, it felt like. It has that similar like, setup, but like everything happens differently, apparently. Yeah. That sounds way more like a rear window than, than this was. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah, it does. It does have that kind of feel to it. Yeah. However, like I said, they had similar plots. The 1988 movie goes in a different direction. And the teleplay for this movie was written by Cynthia Sider. What a name. But it's spelled like Sidre, like 
I'm, it could be Sid Ray. It looks like cider is in like apple cider, but with an R-E instead of an E-R. But Cidre. I doubt oh. it's Cidre. Cidre. I'm going to say Cidre, even though that's probably not <laughs> <laughs> And it has Fred Walton directing. And Fred Walton did a lot of TV movies back in the uh, 80s and 90s. And apparently wrote the script for the TV movie version and the re-release of um, When a Stranger Calls. So when they came out with a Stranger Calls in, in the 2000s in the movie theater, the, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we got credit on that for writing it. And when a Stranger Calls Back, the sequel. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just like the name. of That's the best. I really like sequel names that are very fun, like when a Stranger Calls Back as a sequel. I always thought like Scream 2 should have been Scream again. Yeah. Yeah, there could have been know. better options for Scream. Still Screaming. How about that? <laughs> scream louder i don't know <laughs> every single time it's just something it's almost like fast and the furious you have to like change it just a little bit yeah what's that doing about those movies but they got fun titles seems good at sequel yeah. names <laughs> even sequelier yeah call me hollywood there you go all right so okay we ready to dive into the recap 100%. oh man i am so excited for this <laughs> So the movie starts in a screening room and the music is playing like Mr. Sandman, the classical old, you know, bugle boy, boogie, woogie, bugle boy type of version. I don't know what you would call it. But, I just um, realized the song in the intro is the song at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. played slower. <laughs> different time. I, didn't, I didn't catch that till right the second. That's <laughs> Who did that? The, uh, the images on the screen in the screening room are like random old movie shots like Dracula and some like atomic bomb explosions. And then there's like fire transposed on top of that and this guy named Sid who I assume is a producer um, he is pissed off he just like keeps turning to the guy on his left named Mike and he's like what's this Lancer guy what's his dough is he messed up in the head what's up with this what what he doesn't know what he's watching and Mike's like Lancer's a really sweet gentle guy and then he's and then Sid's like well whatever he's fired (laughs) I I don't understand what's going on I have questions about what he was expecting from this real yes i'm like but what's he expecting i mean is this uh, my thought was was this like a cold like submission like hey submit your demo reel to us of your music like that's not how studios work if they're, com- if they're like if he's a musician which we learn he is like do you have to set your music to imagery to get a job at a st- like i it was i was very i didn't perplexed. get a lot of that because it sounds like he's had this job for a while because they're like he's fired so obviously he had been hired so but also, like, he didn't produce, like, he's a musician, but he didn't make the song Mr. Sandman. Like, that no. wasn't his, it wasn't even his performance of it. That was, like, the, I think the original whoever did that, whoever did that song. So I'm not sure what his contribution to that video was. <laughs> Maybe he was like, hey, I'm going to be your music guy. I'm going to put on this, this tape, because back then it would have been a cassette. I'm going to put on this tape and look at this film reel. Now you have this music <laughs> with this film reel. What do you think? But does not show any, like, musical skills or aptitude on his part? It's just it that seemed- he knows how to pick out Mr. Sandman. That's all it is. But didn't it seem was- to suggest that he was somehow in charge of the imagery as well? Because it's yes. creepy imagery. It but is. Like, that's not his... No, purview. it's not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Already, we're, we're really on the back foot with this opening. And it's, oh like, literally a minute into this bo- into the movie. It's insane. <laughs> yes, it is. So, yeah, he's like, um, he, you know, Sid's like, go find Lancer. And Mike's like, no, 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 just wait. You know, Lancer, he's 
he's going to propose to his girlfriend that night. And Sid's like, I don't give an F. <laughs> he's like, maybe I'll, this will spoil his evening. She don't want to marry this guy. And then like, <laughs> wow. Like, you don't really uh, want to yeah. marry that guy. He's <laughs> not very talented for sure. It's just random scenes. And Mike's like, well, let me tell him. Let me tell him. Like, you don't. Let me tell him. I'll be gentler with it. You know, I have an idea. Maybe I've, maybe I've solved this, I think. Maybe he was supposed to submit a soundtrack, a score for their production. And instead, he's like, here, I have completed my piece of music for you. And it's this crazy juxtaposition of imagery and music. And they're like, this is not what we commissioned you for, which would be a reasonable reason to fire him. And so I'm on the producer's side. He didn't fulfill the contract. Get him out of there. Sure. It's as good as an explanation as any, I guess. If the movie's not going to give an answer, I'm going to make one up. We've got to make this make sense. Oh. So at, at that weird point is like where they're like, hey, I saw what you did. <laughs> the title oh, card God. comes up and you're like, that's such a weird way to start this movie. I don't like this picture. I'm going to fire this guy. Let me tell him. Okay. I saw what you did. What? I thought I'd found the wrong video. Like I had started midway. That's into what the I movie. thought. I thought I missed something. I did yeah. too. I was like, hey, I hope I picked the right movie. Like I, yeah. I got really scared, but oh, it worked. Okay. So we fade in on Adrian Lancer, who they've been talking about. It's Robert Carradine. And he's peacefully making himself some tea in his modern apartment when he hears a knock at the door. He goes to get it, and it's Mike from the studio. He offers Mike some tea, and Mike's like, sure. But Mike doesn't even wait for the tea. He doesn't even wait like a <laughs> second before he starts to go, by the way, Sid hated your real Adrian. <laughs> it's like, I like the way he did it, too, because like this could be a lot worse. I'm the, I'm the nice one in this situation, I swear. Mike, <laughs> just to let you know, don't kill the messenger. <laughs> but, oh, foreshadowing. Oh, little does he know. Yeah. So Adrian picks up the teapot and starts to pour tea into the teacup, but it just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and it's just overflowing. And Mike's like, Adrian, what's happening to you here? And I'm like, uh, Adrian's about to lose it. You better leave, buddy. Get <laughs> out of the apartment. Is, what's wrong with Mike? Like, that's my, like, Adrian, sure, I get it. He's crazy. But Mike sees this reaction. is like, that's fine. I, I don't need any follow-up. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> They just, everybody's excuse is Adrian's just really sensitive. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, no. That's not, I mean, that's he not, is like, in a bad way. But, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't like mean you shouldn't check in on them. Like, hey, this is really bad news. And I see that you're pouring tea continuously until it's all over the floor. Maybe hey, hey, I let's, should let's see if you could use some kind of moral support or uh, maybe recommend a good therapist to help you. Through maybe check time. him for carpal tunnel. Maybe that's why he's pouring it that way. You know, there you like, go. See, Mike is uncaring. I think everyone around uh, Adrian has failed him in this. Oh, they have. So you think they Adrian's have. just the good guy, but everybody around him has failed him. Mm, mm, they created not. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Blame blame the victims. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's all the end guy. of this movie. That's the end of this movie. We'll get He's to the that. real victim. Uh, okay, so next we cut over to a classroom English class with the teacher asking questions about the reading material, which it looks like it's the catcher in the rye. Yeah. And we meet Lisa Harris, played by Tammy Lauren. And she has her head completely back as she's very obviously sleeping during the lecture, where Mr. Marley, the teacher, goes up to her and basically yells, Miss Harris! in her ear and wakes her up. He then attempts to embarrass her more by saying how she doesn't snore. She blows like a wave. 
and which she just kind of very poetic. I know. I'm like, what a poetic way to cut someone down. I guess I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's English if, class. If, uh, yeah. if Shakespeare wrote a diss track, I think he would include that. Uh, Blows that like line. a wave. Yeah, <laughs> she laughs it off. But I'm like, why do teachers insist on making fun of people to get them to like as if it's going to motivate them to try harder in class? You know, like don't just like wake up, get your wake up. You know, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Downer on that one. <laughs> uh, no personal history here. Hey. Dustin no. not approved. <laughs> no. no. Bad teacher. Anyway, so Lisa says she feels really badly, but Mr. Marley's like, no, 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 you feel bad. And then, you know, he's like, do you know why I said it like that? And Lisa's like, no. And she goes, he goes, Miss Fielding, and looks over at Kim, <laughs> Shawnee Smith. And she's like, why was this grammar wrong? And so she says that. The word feel is a linking verb, and linking verbs are modified by adjectives, not adverbs. And so he calls say it with Kim, that much attitude, Dustin. Well, <laughs> I heard it that way because I don't like snooty <laughs> bitches who know everything. I don't care if the teacher called them or not. You should act like you didn't know. But, uh, <laughs> the code of the playground. Solidarity. You shall not talk. But no. So he tells her she's a distinguished addition to the school. And he goes on to call out the other students for being mediocre. I'm like, I'm sure they love this. I'm sure she <laughs> loves it too. Oh, uh, it's going to make teacher. her extra teacher popular. of the year. Yeah. So she doesn't have any bell... friends yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, you know. So the bell rings and we see Lisa is now making out in the hallway with her boyfriend, Lewis. And she's got that, like, her hair is blown out, like, completely 80s-tastic, for sure. It's, like, swooped up, and it's perfect. I love it. I love but it's not so much where it looks like it was put on. You know what I mean? Like, if you watch, like, Stranger Things or something, and you're like, they have 80s hair, but it's, like, it's really 80s hair. But this looks like actual 80s hair. Like, this is where all the guys have the same kind of... Uh, it's so good. It is really yeah. very much very a time machine. Very tastic Yeah. Yeah. I love tastic. I like adding tastic to something to make it even better. <laughs> good modifier. Yeah. Does it so modify Lewis, linking verbs or not? I don't know. We got to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so Lewis asks if they're going to get together that night. And she says she can't tonight. And he's like, what's the matter? Your mom won't let you. And then he steps back and starts to walk away. And he's like, I'll pick you up after class. I'm like, wait, what? You had to pick her up? Like, I don't. Anyway. And she has this like pouty look on her face as he leaves. And I'm wondering, like, what's this all about? Like, what's going on? What's this dynamic? Several of the interactions in this movie don't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just kind of random pieces of interactions. Can we take a moment here to appreciate the camera work in this piece as it lingers on Lewis's butt as he walks away in those scenes? Yeah. And I was mad he didn't award. have a nicer butt. If you're going to yeah. do that, get to have a nicer butt. Like, Well, we'll get to it later, but there's a great scene where you get a nice like crotch shot of a guy who clearly <laughs> is like, yeah, that was a good shot there. Well done. I swear I read something that this TV show won an award for cinematography. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I would believe I, it. I swear that's what I read. <laughs> I mean, it was shot pretty well, like a regular movie for the most part. It didn't feel like a TV movie, you know, as yeah. much. It had those elements, but it didn't feel that, like, overly TV movie-like. But Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Lisa's late to class. So it looks like it's PE or something. And she's running into the locker room and bumps into Kim as she enters. Kim hangs back as the other other girls go to the gym and Lisa starts changing while Kim asks if Lisa wants to come over. Hey, do you want to come over and have dinner at my house, even though you don't know me? And it's just really forward, but 
good kudos to her for putting herself out there. Okay. Um, she's like, hey, my, my dad won't be home. And Lisa's like, well, I'm busy. And then she keeps changing. And then she's like, like Kim leaves, like, okay, whatever. And she leaves and Lisa's like, hmm, I got an idea. And next we see her running out to the gym, right up to Kim. And she's like, so I'm not good with parents. So it's good that your dad won't be there. So I'll just, I'll come over. I'll come over then. Like, that's a little too, tur- that turnaround was just too quick for me. I, Kim is way too trusting. I'm like, you're up to something. <laughs> I, I, could not questions. I yeah. had a lot of questions. I couldn't figure out what was going on at all until yes. later. When she like called her boyfriend and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Danielle, let me ask you, do you often invite other girls in the locker room over to dinner uh, when your parents aren't home? And because for me, the phrase my parents aren't home in a teen <laughs> movie like this is code for let's you know get some nookie going. So I was like, is this movie going to take a turn in a way that I did not expect <laughs> at this point? That would have been more interesting, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been but down like, for that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like, it's gonna be fun. Let's 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 have the exploration of a budding lesbian romance between two young women. That's for the two to twenty twenty remake that's inevitably going to come. But okay. I don't know how they're going to do it because everybody ha- they're going to have to set it in the past where people still have landlines. But they'll have like <laughs> a lesbian romance going on. I'm sure. You know, I'm here for that. Be. I'll watch it. Yeah, I was waiting for Lisa to be like, "Are you a lesbian? Do you like girls or something like that?" And she never said it. I was like, "Wait, that was perfect Again, setup for that." Is this a normal invitation? I could not figure out like what because I didn't know if Kim and Lisa had a previous relationship or not at this mm-hmm. point. And I was like, "Is this just a normal thing for her to ask Lisa, or is this like a because like if that's your first time interacting with somebody to say to them, "Hey, come over to my house. My dad isn't home. We're gonna have dinner together." That seems like a really like you said, very forward, very strong first hangout. Yeah. It's a lot for a first hangout. I don't know. What do you think, like Danielle? A, um, I don't know. When I was new to a school, I was much more forward than I am normally in situations because I was trying so hard to make friends. So I was much more likely to walk up to somebody and be like, hang out with me. Come eat with me. Come to the parade with me. Come do stuff. That's actually how I got one of my best friends was just being like, hey, come to the parade with me right now. Let's go. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? <laughs> So, I don't know. It's a little weird. <laughs> hey, it works. Kind of what can like, I say? You know, they're instant friends. Kim's got to start prefacing. I'm not a lesbian, by the way. You know, just, just, just let you. <laughs> but know. my dad's not home, and could you come over and hang out with me? <laughs> I mean, yeah. just have to preface. Maybe let the mystery hang. That'd be more intriguing. Mm, whatever happens, happens. Right. 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 We'll just see. <laughs> So, okay. So Kim gives Lisa directions. Oh, wait, wait. First of all, so Lisa gets called out for being tardy to class. You, you know what happens now. And then she walks off. I'm like, what happens now? It doesn't show <laughs> us what happens now. I'm like, is she going to have to run laps? Is she doing jumping jacks? Is she doing push-ups? Is she going to lick somebody's boots? What's going to no, happen? There's an Iron Maiden just off screen. She has to get <laughs> The chokey. Oh, no. Oh, is that school? No, no. So, yeah, so Kim gives Lisa directions to her house, and Lisa acts like it's in the middle of nowhere because it's like off Mulholland Drive or something. Um, which, you know, nice way to be a bitch, Lisa. You're a very self absorbed <laughs> person. Um, and we Get see a moving. shot of Kim's house, and it looks like it's being remodeled or something because there's scaffolding mm-hmm. on the outside. It looks like part of the, I don't know if they're just putting on new siding or whatever, what's going on, but it, there's stuff going on. And uh, this is where we meet Kim's little sister, Julia, who is little 
Candace Cameron at age 10 or (laughs) something like that. And she apparently has been faking being sick because now that dad's leaving, she feels great. But dad makes her take medicine anywhere before sending any way to send her to bed, even though it's daylight as hell outside. I, she like, go to bed. I'm like, it is full on sunlight out there. It's not even it's like, like 4 dust. p.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's more like three, really. But yeah, it's yeah. Like, Whoa, come on, guys. He then tells Kim all the stuff a parent usually says about taking care of, you know, take care of the house, take care of your little sister, blah 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 blah. He goes, don't make me regret this. I'm going on this overnight business trip, you know. But you know, let's have dinner when we get back, you know, that kind of thing. Not really a lot of relationship building. You just know that he loves her. That's about it. That's all you get from this whole thing. And you um, never see him again. And we never see him again. You? <laughs> yeah, At the do, very, very end when Very he does, barely. That's true. Yeah, where he, where he basically victim shames his daughter saying, "How? what were you thinking when yeah. she was attacked? I know. <laughs> yeah, not great. So to be fair, they where, made a lot of poor decisions up to that point. They really did. They really did. I wanted to call this movie Poor Decisions the movie because everyone in it <laughs> makes the wrong decision. From oh, totally. the very start when our Adrian submits that weird combination of music and imagery through the rest of the movie, the decisions do not get better. <laughs> and some of them just get weirder too. Yeah. It's yeah. So Kim calls the dog, it looks like a Doberman Peacher named Meredith. It's a weird name for dog, but it's a great name um, for a dog. It's a weird name, but it it's a good name. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a weird name Meredith. for pets. You would not know anything about that. <laughs> Call Meredith. Okay. <laughs> Meredith. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know. I'm going to change my cat's name to Meredith. <laughs> you're going to change your cat's name to Momo. Also, also Momo. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. That's like that one where there's like a dog on the roof of somebody's house and like, Gary, what are you doing up there? I'm like the dog's name was Gary and he was on the roof. <laughs> so you can <laughs> yell it. A, it's funnier. Yeah. Give it a dog people name. There's lots of fun. Cause you get to yell at them. <laughs> okay. So dad drives off in his car and I'm like, I'm like this dog's going to be important later. If they wouldn't just put the dog in for no reason. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It, we cut over to Adrian, who is working on some really creeptastic music on his keyboard and guitar. Very and it kind of sounds like, yeah, it sounds like an 80s thriller score. Um, I'm like, so you're scoring your own movie, apparently. <laughs> Make more sense to me. actually signed. We yeah, don't actually see him at all in this scene. We, have, we haven't seen him at all. Like, all we see is his hands on the keyboard and strumming the guitar. And then we only see his silhouette as he picks up the phone when the phone rings and we see him sitting in the chair. We just see the silhouette against the wall. And it's his girlfriend, Robin. And it sounds like she's breaking off their date for the night and he's annoyed. He says, the dinner can wait. Well, just meet me for a drink. And we don't hear Herb in, but it sounds like she's kind of being wishy-washy about that too. And so he says, I'm coming to pick you up. Be ready. I'm like, whoa, sounds like Mr. Nice Guy has has met his limit on niceness. Like, <laughs> I was like, get out, Robin, get out. <laughs> no, don't and let him all saw where this was going. <laughs> yeah. So he hangs up and he just sits there for a second. His silhouette just kind of fades away from the wall. We hear his footsteps as he exits the door. It's very interestingly shot, that whole part of the scene. I thought that was interesting. It wasn't typical. Um, There's your you cinematography award. Yeah. That's what it was. It was kind of unique. You're like, oh, okay, we can see this. He's like, what is this supposed to say? He's just a shell of a person. He's just a silhouette. He's not a real person. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just would, I think just building suspense, you know, like, ooh, who yeah. is this mysterious person shrouded in darkness? Hmm. Hmm. 
I don't know. But next we see Kim is in her room practicing guitar. And she seems a little bored as Lisa gets dropped off at her house by her mom. Lisa's mom, not Kim's. Because Kim and Julie's mom apparently is dead. I don't know. So apparently Lisa didn't tell her mom that they would be alone. And so Lisa's mom, Kim's, yeah, Lisa's mom was running through Kim's house saying, I didn't know you'd be here. And she opens up the door and like Meredith nearly like jumps her from the pantry, I guess. And she's like, oh, okay, you'll be safe. You have a dog. I'm like, yep, that, that dog's got to go. It was such a weird scene. And then, yeah, just like running through the house. I was like, is that appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> not your house. It's <laughs> not your house, woman. And and you know what, really? Because it threw me off, like, what you were saying earlier. Do Kim and Lisa know each other better than that? Because when Lisa yeah. shows up, Julie's like, Lisa! And, like, slaps her a high five like they know each other. Even though right. apparently they don't. This I was, was like, so perplexing. Like, again, yeah, it's very weird. This movie started in media res and it was so confusing to figure out the relationships between all the characters. Yeah. It was very, if they're dancing around something, you're like, what's, are we, do we know? Do we not know what's going on here? I, I don't get it. So yeah. Um, Lisa's mom is leaving. She's like, I'll be back by 1130 to pick you up. And Lisa's like, what? 1130. It's so early. It's like, shut up, girl. You are a teenager. You're like, <laughs> She says bye, and Lisa's like, I love being trusted. I'm like, oh, God, she's definitely trouble. Ugh, I'll be honest. Tr- I'm so glad you have all your notes for the names of these characters because I just, in my head, there was naive blonde girl and bad influence blonde girl. That was in my head. It's okay. They have generic names anyway, so it's like, right. So, okay, Kim and Julia are setting the table for dinner, and Lisa tells Kim she gave her boyfriend Kim's phone number. And Julia's all nosy, like, you have a boyfriend? And Kim's like, go watch Sesame Street. Get out of here. Can we pause to talk about the dinner? Because I have more questions. Uh, It looked (laughs) like the dinner consisted of three pints of milk that Kim was pouring. (laughs) Literally three pint glasses. She filled it to the top. From a single, like, half-gallon jug, which I'm like, that would be empty by the time she filled all those glasses. But and then you see Lisa open a beer, a soda, I don't know, some can of something. And then Kim just, like, pushes the milk away. He's like, well, forget about dinner. And <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what was dinner? <laughs> I don't know what, what dinner, dinner was. We never found out what dinner was actually going to be because they had plates. They were putting yeah. out plates, but, like... <laughs> Probably not for the milk, yeah. Sam. Did you even ask if if she likes milk? Like, you don't just assume people like milk. Not everybody does. You know, you know in the 80s, so everybody weird. liked milk. It's That's true. true. Dairy <laughs> Council, very powerful. Got milk. I mean, hello. Yeah. Well, that was 90s, but still. Um, I know. I was just, again, this movie, it feels surreal in a lot of ways. Yeah. You have these little moments of, like, the giant milk glasses that – feel like they're like aliens trying to interpret human behavior, like having like a, like a, like, Oh, we're going to have a human dinner. And yeah. that's what humans <laughs> like. They like milk. We see it in their commercials. So it just felt weird. I don't know. <laughs> they like milk. We've seen it in their commercials. <laughs> yeah. I kind of liked that. I thought it added to the, like, I didn't find this movie particularly, you know, suspenseful or unnerving because it was too kind of too goofy, 
but being a little bit surreal like that really i think enhanced the mood it feels me. like you're watching somebody's dream of a movie yeah yeah it just feels a little like, off which is it was just yeah. like oh this just just gave it gave it i think a nice flavor to it so it wasn't just like generic boring thriller it was like, yeah, like it was just off to enough to where you can be like okay i'll go with it like yeah <laughs> yeah like, oh, okay there's no sense but all right I get, yeah i get what you're saying for sure yeah so i, I appreciated I that and that's why i wanted to just mention the milk because i was like well, I saw him like, I don't know what's going on. This, I, I, mean, I could be wrong about this entire movie. Yeah. So Kim tells Lisa that she's never gone to school with guys before, confirming that, yes, she is the new girl. And Lisa tells her that she needs to get a life. I'm like, what the hell? Crap. And then she goes, I'm not hungry for dinner. And they're like, what else is there to do here? I'm like, well, we were going to eat. Like, <laughs> that was one thing we were going to do. Like, oh, my God. Rude. Rude. She needs to be a better guest for sure. Kim slaved over a hot stove, warming that milk up to the perfect temperature for hours just for Lisa to reject her offer of tepid milk. Rude. No, no, ma'am. No. I like my milk cold. I like it in hot chocolate, but nowhere in between. Uh, you are a culinary expert. So, That's Sam. Back with Adrian. He's pouring two glasses of champagne for he and his girlfriend, Robin. And I'm like, really? I looked it up and it's Robin with a Y. Yeah. Why? Aww. Why do we need a Y for Robin? Like, <laughs> Poor who was going to see that until like they looked at a cast list? They would not have seen of R-O-B-Y-N. Like just, oh, not just I-N. I didn't notice that until the credits at the end. I'm like, oh, that's how you spelled that. That makes sense. Yeah. It was bothering me the entire time. <laughs> well, they wanted to make sure you didn't confuse her with Batman. Another a movie that had come out recently for the for the, uh, the 80s Batman um, movies. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So he tells her that oh, I lost my job. And she's like, <sighs> and he's like, let's drink to us. I love you, Robin. <laughs> and he takes a drink and she says, we need to talk. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Worst possible time. I'm so sorry you lost your job. Also, we're ringing up. By the way, <laughs> my no and, best part. Adrian does not take the hint. No, he does not. He's like, hey, wait, wait a second. Here's a ring. <laughs> he's like, I he's got like, this ring box. See that? And she's looking at you like, that's beautiful. And he's like, here, take it. She's like, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't want that. Like, yeah. no, no. Just pushing it away. No, I'm good. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. You were walking on thin ice, Robin. Watch out. The only thing that could have made this better was if they had been like at a public restaurant or something and something going Ooh. down. Oh. Oh, for everybody to see. She's like, yeah. No, just like pushing it back to the side of the table. No. This is why public proposals are terrible because they make everything so awkward and pressured. No. So meanwhile, Kim is showing off the Cadillac convertible to Lisa, her dad's Cadillac. It's in the garage. And... Lisa's like, I really want your dad to adopt me just so I can drive it. And yeah. she even says, it would be so choice. And I'm like, oh, 80s and their dumb phrases. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's not cast stones here about dumb phrases. Because I think we would all imagine that tight or wicked or fly, whatever you want to say. Like, we have a bunch of dumb phrases. Oh, we do. I'm not saying history. that we had, we've had dumb phrasing like throughout every generation. Like, it's Thank so you. boss. You know what I mean? Like, that's like <laughs> that's the 60s one. and 70s. You know, cool Don't. beans. Remember cool beans? <laughs> oh, boy, I remember, remember cool, beans. cool beans. Yeah, that was a uh, big one. I used to say coolness in beans even. <laughs> but, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so You should bring that back. Yeah. You should bring it back. I, I really want to get rid of it's a bop. 
but that's that's me. I hate that. Drives me I was nuts. trying to bring back wizard. Like that's so wizard. Oh, that's very <laughs> British. That's more British than anything. That's more of a British really? slang. Okay. Yeah. I remember from the eat like wizard room. Okay. No, I, I, I don't know. I just, what All I right. think of. You're wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Linguist Dustin, I will, I will definitely trust you. Well, we'll see. I, mean, I might be wrong too. So, <laughs> well, anyway, so, um, Lisa's like, hey, what can what else can we do? And Kim's like, well, we don't have cable TV connected yet, but we could listen to records. <laughs> and Lisa's like, lame. How about we get stoned? And Kim's like, I'm a straight laced. I don't feel comfortable with that. And Lisa's like, oh, you've never been stoned before. I'm like, look at her. <laughs> look at her life, Why Lisa. Was that a surprise? I mean, to Lisa's credit, she does not like push the issue. <laughs> And I'm like, do you have the pot, Lisa? You sure aren't breaking it out. Like, right. anyway. So I, I love how Lisa acts all tough and holier than thou until the garage door like slams behind them because of the wind. I'm like, that's what I thought, little girl. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, teenage and, girl, be more mature. <laughs> she acts like she is like, nope, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, teenagers so, don't like, do that. Kim goes over to the door and is like, hey, Lisa, can you help me? It's stuck. And so they pull it and they pull it and they open it up and some random guy, he looks like a homeless hippie, is like standing there's like, wanna buy some mangoes? Like, what the hell? <laughs> like right at the guy. door. He's what, why the why best. is he in the movie? <laughs> like just a guy that needs to be creepy and is in the area. I don't know. He's the red herring. He's there to be your misdirect for who's gonna be the villain of this movie. Except right. we are, you know from the get-go that yep. that is clearly not what's gonna happen. Oh. I agree. And you also know just because they wouldn't have brought him up if he wasn't like the guy who saved them in the end from their misconceptions about him in some way. Right. He's basically the old man Marley of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's he's the old man shoveling the sidewalk, you know, and you're like, oh, he's scary. And you're like, no, he's not. He's not that bad. But, you know, they're freaked out right now anyway. I would you be too if some guy was randomly standing there when I opened the door. I mean, right in the, I mean, at the door, like his nose is probably <laughs> pressed up against it waiting for them to open it. It just occurred to me, how did he know they were in the barn? Like, why would he go to the door at the house and you went to the The mangoes told him. Oh, okay, right. Sure, that makes sense. I should have have consulted the mangoes. I'm the fool. Listen listen to your fruit. Listen to it. It tells you things. Always do. I would be shitting my pants at this point, but, you know, and grabbing, like, the heaviest object I could find to, like, to swing at him as I was running off. Like, get off my property! You know, but that's me. Of course, I'm not a teenage girl either, but. She's so nice so, to him, though. Yeah. They are. They're really too nice. Like, they're too nice with it. And that's, like, and that's the whole thing that girls are trained to be, like, nice to people like that. And you're mm-hmm. like, it's sad, you know. But don't be nice to these people just because you think you had. No, don't. Get the hell off my property. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you don't. So, yeah. So Lisa tells Kim to go get her dad and her brothers. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work when they can obviously tell you're scared and probably know that you're making that up. <laughs> and so that's when the, you know the dog shows up behind him and it kind of spooks him a little, but he doesn't even move still. He's like, Oh, I'm okay. That's that dog's not gonna get me. And the dog doesn't even attack. He's just standing there. If somebody's out of it enough, a barking dog does absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think the dog's bark is worse than his bite. Hey, totally. Okay. I see what you did there. (laughs) He says his name is Randy. (laughs) He says his name is Randy and he lives at the road where he sells fruit. I'm like, 
still random to just show up offering <laughs> man- mangoes, Randy. But okay, go on home now. On the plus and side, mangoes. Mangoes. They're probably There's delicious. Yeah. They probably are. He probably has the best mangoes. Seriously. Yeah. Randy's mangoes. Off route Let's nine. Follow Randy. <laughs> yeah. Forget about these two like annoying teenage girls. Let's follow Randy's story. He sounds like a real character. What is he seeing? Yeah. Yeah. Who's he prank calling? Want to buy some mangoes? <laughs> <laughs> I saw what you did. You didn't stop by my cart. No. <laughs> so uh, Kim the declines menace. the fruit. Yeah. Mango menace. She declines the fruit again, and they awkwardly squeeze past him as they exit the garage. He doesn't even move aside for them. That freaked me out. I was like, don't get that close to Randy, the mango guy. <laughs> She's like an inch away Shimmy from him. Pies. I would never have done that. That was so scary. No, 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 no. So later, Lisa is on the phone with her boyfriend, mad that he hasn't shown to pick her up yet. He sounds like he's blowing her off, and you kind of love to see it, actually. You're like, ha ha, you're using this girl, and now it's blowing up in your face. Ha ha, you know. So she hangs up the phone all upset. And that's where Julia walks in. He's like, I've got an idea. And she picks up the phone. He's like, just give me a random telephone number. So Lisa gives her a random 555 number, of course. (laughs) And Kim switches the phone to speaker as a woman answers. And Julia's on the phone. She's like, what? Very important. Kim announces it's a speaker phone. As if that was something that was novel and... We need to introduce people to the concept of a speakerphone that is never used at any other point in this movie. That is like the speakerphone thing is completely dropped by the next phone call. No, no, they still use it because they're still listening to it, but they're just using the receiver to talk. Which is a choice. They're still listening to it later on because remember they had the music playing. Yeah, yeah. I think the 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 microphone and the receiver is off when you have the speakerphone on, right? It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work like that in real life, <laughs> but for the sake of the movie, they can hear it and they can use the receiver to talk and hear it. I don't it. know if I was going crazy. I don't know. Okay. I didn't know what was happening. I clearly not, did not understand never, the speaker. We're watching mode. a fever dream of a movie here. So, right. okay. Uh, just go with it. Just go with it. It's going to be all right. So, yeah. So she decides she's going to call somebody. She goes and some woman answers and she, this little girl who's like, eight or nine or whatever is like hello is my daddy there he said he'd pick me up after the movies and he's not here and the woman's like you had the wrong number <laughs> not like oh i'm so sorry like, sweetie. Up, Nothing. Kid. she's like sorry kid and she goes i don't have any money and all the other kids are gone and so the woman's like well just give me the phone number and i'll call i'll call the number you need and so julie just gives her i guess some random number <laughs> Yeah. Because you don't say anything about it. And she goes, thank you very much. And hangs up the phone. I'm like, what was the end goal of that phone call, Julia? Like, <laughs> to waste their time. They're going to call this person, have a weird conversation about go pick up your daughter. <laughs> Some, like, slightly inconvenience this yeah. woman. <laughs> They're prank call. Like, I mean, there's no goal. They're just the goal is to annoy somebody a little bit. And the kid is like 10, you know? She doesn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. Kids be weird. Anyway. So Lisa says it was creative. Oh, that was really creative. I'm like, or boring. And um, she's like, let me have a go. And so she pushes the phone book to Kim and says, find me a man's number. So the music starts to pick up and it's 80s tastic kerplunky. And um, she's like sliding her finger down the phone book right to Adrian Lancer's name. And Lisa says the name sounds sexy as she dials the number. Does it? So meanwhile... 
Robin is trying to calmly talk with Adrian about their failing relationship. And she says she needs someone who is strong. And Adrian says, I am strong. She says, look at you. You're not strong. <laughs> like, damn. I know, Robin, what are you Take doing? Man, he's down. <laughs> he was like huddled against the wall in the fetal position while he was saying, I'm strong. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm not saying Robin had to call him out like that, because that is pretty cruel, but yeah. he was not projecting strength in that moment. No. No, he wasn't. He was but very still, much, I am strong. Look at me. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. She's like, I don't love you, okay? I don't love you. I don't love you. I don't love you, Adrian. I'm like, okay, he's got it. <laughs> Does it look like he doesn't have the message? Because he looks pretty freaking defeated right now. Oh, well. So the phone starts ringing. He ignores it and leaves the room. Robin answers it instead. And it's Lisa on the other end. She's like, can I speak to Adrian Lancer? And Robin's like, he's in the shower. And Lisa says, it's really important. And she hands the phone over to Kim. And Robin asks if she's from the studio. And Kim says, yes. And I'm like, so I started remembering, oh, man, that that feeling of crank calling somebody. Or I call it prank calling. We never said crank. I don't know where crank came from, but prank sounds more makes more sense but um that feeling when you prank call somebody and like that feeling of imminent doom that you were going to get caught and like you know what i mean like oh my god what are they gonna do they weren't gonna do anything to you you know what i mean like but when you watch something like this at a young age (laughs) and then you like try to make prank phone calls you feel like don't call the wrong person and like did you ever crank call anybody growing up i think i I did one to the slumber party yeah yeah, I can't say it's very interesting to crank people in my area when I was growing up. Did they all know you? Okay. Yeah, pretty small town. Oh, everybody already knew who you were, probably. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is this person. Like, oh. Yeah, we did that no. whole thing where you would call up like KFC and be like, "Do you have chicken wings?" And they're like, "Yes." You're like, "You must look pretty funny." <laughs> For our younger listeners, you had a phone number that was tied to your address to a physical phone in your house. So it's pretty easy to identify who you were if you called somebody. Well, that's if you had caller ID, and this was pre-caller ID. That's true. It's true. I think still, they probably had still had star 69, but it wasn't yeah. enough, really. You would have to like get somebody to trace it for you. You had to call the phone yeah. company or something. I'm just saying, this is, uh, I was thinking about this movie, that it would never work today because people would just not enter their phones. You see a call from an unknown number, it's like, I'm not answering that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, I, I texted what you did. Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what did I do? I don't know what I did. I saw what you did. I mean, yeah, you and every other media conglomerate out there that's hyping up all my online information knows what I did. Like, everybody knows what I'm doing. There's there's freaking CCTV everywhere. They all know. Everybody knows. Like, this is not a threat anymore. I'd be more concerned if you didn't know what I did. Yeah. So Robin says she's going to go get Adrian on the phone because it's somebody from the studio. I got to go to him. So she sets the phone down and she walks over to Adrian's room. I know. What are you doing? What are you doing? She walks over, knocks on the door and said, hey, there's somebody on the on the phone from the studio. And he like flips the switch on the wall. It wasn't even like on a piece of equipment. It's on the mm-hmm. wall. And it turns on this weird score of music. And it's kind of low. And it kind of sounds like a didgeridoo kind of thing. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Very tribal sounding. And the girls are still listening because they hear it over the speaker. They're listening through this through the phone. Like, what's up with this music? I don't know. It's interesting, though. I don't know. You know, and 
meanwhile, Adrian is on the floor in his room, just rubbing his head. And Robin's like knocking on the door still. And he looks up and he sees this like Freddy Krueger, like shapes on the wall, like, like someone trapped behind fabric, you know? Oh yeah. The latex like sheet that they always yeah. do in the movies. To, yeah. Like- that's what it made yeah. me think of, like, ah, and like they're trapped in there, and he's like mesmerized and going Looney Tunes, like, <laughs> like, woo, psychotic break, yes, yeah, it's not, it's not looking good for him. So, Robin tells him, you know, you need help, and he finally unlocks the door, and she's, she's like, okay, she starts to walk in, and like as she opens the door, he lunges out and just like wraps his hands around her neck, and I'm just like, no, 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 you don't ever touch the neck. That's that's where it goes bad. Like, no, no. <laughs> Everybody knows this. Any police were like, was there a good felony. place for him to murder her? Like, I mean, um, he grabbed her arms and threw out a window. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't go for the neck. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> but anyway, so it's, oh man, it's, it's never good for the quiet guy. He was such a quiet guy. Those type of people. And that's when you go for the neck. You're like, oh, no, this is bad. This is not good. There's this whole struggle we can see from outside this giant window. They're doing it in front of like, God and everybody could see this through the window because you could, if I could see it from the street, everybody could see it, right? Yeah, he should have planned it better, really. Yeah, he should have planned it this like impromptu murder. Impromptu murder, better. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah like, if you're going to commit a crime of passion, the most important part is planning. Plan it out, guys. <laughs> Just in case, have that plan in place, okay? So, yeah, it, look, bag. yeah. It, you know, it's funny. It kind of looks like really bad dancing. <laughs> like in the window, the, except for when he like slams yeah. her up against the window pane. But still, like it looks like they're like jerking around, like dancing like this together. <laughs> kind of like I thought Elaine this was impressively Seinfeld. brutal. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, like this was like oh that is, it was like I was not prepared for that level of violence. Like it was it was impactful. I felt it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, who um, what the hell? Oh. Oh, I left out a name. I left out a word. I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Meanwhile, Julia went into the kitchen earlier and she's like, I'm needing a snack. And then she calls out for Kim because somehow she's caught both oven mints on fire. I'm like, oh, that precocious <laughs> Candace Cameron. What is she doing? <laughs> she said she was making a snack. Did she say popcorn? She said she popcorn. Pop- she said- yeah. Well, I so, mean, okay. She put the pot on the stove. And what'd she do? Like, you don't need oven mitts to make popcorn because you have your pot has a handle, yeah. and unless you like shove the mitts underneath the pot between the burner and the pot and like lit them, like impressive. I, I'm very impressed with her ability to catch things. Well, on fire. I can Maybe understand a kid not knowing that she doesn't need the oven mitts. I can understand sure. that she's probably thinking pot on a stove. It's hot. I don't need to touch it. And I get that for her. But like, why were you touching the hottest part? <laughs> Like the like right there at the stove or I don't know. It Maybe she's a budding. Yeah, sorry. It, re- it reminded me of a late night infomercial. You know the ones where they're trying to sell oh. some product and they're like, "Well, you hate when this happens, don't you? You should buy." This <laughs> don't you hate thing. when your hands catch on fire? <laughs> That's what she looked like. I was like, "Who does that?" Making popcorn. Cutting <laughs> strawberries is so hard. You need the slap chop. Ah. It dices, it slices, it sets oven bits on fire. <laughs> Kill your little children with this. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, oh, and they, you know, they they put the mitts in the sink and run them over with water and whatnot. And that damn music is still playing loudly over the speaker. And, you know, Lisa joins them. It's like, oh, nice barbecue. <laughs> and that's when Julia notices oh, the music just stopped. And so they go back to the phone and you can hear Adrian. Hello. 
Hello? Anybody there? Hello? And Lisa hands Kim the phone, but Kim's like, no. And she hangs up. And First good decision. Yes, <laughs> but Lisa's like, you there. just had a naked man at your fingertips and you just hang up. I'm like, first of all, you don't know what the man looks like. Like, <laughs> Second of all, Lisa, so horny in this movie. Oh my she God, is, she is she hard is, up. Yeah, she is trying her best to hook Kim up with literally any person. Like a man, presumably an adult man. It is wild. And you know what? I just realized her hair did look very, it's something about Mary. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Like, all yeah. that swoop up. Oh, that's what it kind of looked like. I'm just saying it did. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll uh, leave it there. Listeners, if you don't get that reference, just watch the movie. You'll get understand. Yeah. So, after a quick commercial break, we see what she's talking about. Um, oh, wait. I totally jumped over something. <laughs> that's easy uh, to do in this movie. It happens. It happens, Joe. It happens. Yeah. So anyway, they, you know, she says, oh, you got to make a man at your fingertips. You just hang up. And Kim's just ignoring her. And she's like, let's just call somebody else. And Julia agrees. Not sure why she dog eared the phone book to Adrian's name, though. Like, there's no explanation why the little girl's like, I'm going to just mark this here. Nobody said to save the number, nothing. She's like, oh, I'm going to save this. I'm like, why? And she's like why? really invested in her older sibling and friends drama. I guess. Relationship. Yeah. She really wants her to get together with some guy, get some rando. Well, everyone's goal in this movie is to get Kim laid. Like that is <laughs> the primary motivation of all of Kim's like friends around her. And Kim, not particularly interested for the majority of this in that outcome, but everyone else seems super invested. Yeah, I agree. So Lisa's like, let's just start the I saw what you did prank again. And so they do. And we get to another commercial break and we see that they just started, you know, taking to calling random guys. And she says, you know, I saw what you did and I know who you are. And the guy's like, what? How? And you hear his wife in the background, honey, who is it? And Lisa laughs and she's like, I saw what you did and I know who you are. And the guy goes, well, I hope you enjoyed it. And you're like, oh, so that's when Lisa's like, oh, my God, and laughs and hangs up the phone. And Kim and Julia were listening. And Lisa's like, you know what they were doing? And clueless little Julia is like, what were they doing? What were they doing? And Kim and Lisa are like, ah. she's like, no, what were they doing, guys? Really? Hey, like, you don't want to know, girl. Um, Yeah. So meanwhile, in a POV shot, we see Adrian's like car barreling down the interstate or freeway or wherever all up and just moving through traffic like crazy. And um, so it's got to be LA because of Mulholland drive. And that's what it looks like. And we hear Lisa at the same time, like almost like a dub over his driving, calling somebody else saying, I saw what you did and I know who you are. And the guy's like, you did. What was that? And she says, you know what I know. And he's like, is this costing me $2? Because if it is, and she says, you won't be disappointed. To which he says, what do you look like? And she describes herself as thick, dark hair, tall, flashing green eyes. And he asks, what color are your panties? And she's like, ah, and hangs up the phone. And I'm like, first of all, you're the one talking all sexy to this random guy on the phone. Like, and now he like talks back and you're like, oh, gross pervert kind of acting like, no, 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 no. You started this whole situation on the phone and you got it back and you didn't like it. So, And second... 
uh, do sex phone workers call you like out of the blue? Is that how this, because my understanding is the person placing the call is the one getting charged. It's not like she called collect. If you remember what that is, that is phone rape. That is not yeah. consensual phone sex. Right. <laughs> it is phone. Um, I'm calling you up and I'm having sex with you on the phone, whether you like it or not. Right. $2 so an I, hour. <laughs> again, that means that the per- like the company would be paying for that call. If you're getting it for free, buddy. So, uh, I just, again, one of those weird details, which does not matter like the milk, but that gave this whole thing a very weird air to me. Everyone's just like living in a slightly different world than the one I'm familiar with. It's very strange. It still doesn't make sense, but oh, well, we push forward. So Lisa says she needs to use the phone. So Kim decides to take Julie upstairs and Lisa immediately calls her boyfriend, Lewis, who is drunk as all get out. Now she's mad because he was supposed to pick her up an hour ago, and he does not seem concerned at all. Meanwhile, across town at some random park, some couple is getting it on in their convertible oh. with the dog watching on from the front. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> These couple, this is the weirdest. Who brings your dog to your car sex? Like, does he like to? Do they like it when the dog walks watches? What is? What is the scene? Is this... he protection from predators in case like somebody no, tries to bite their ass? No, oh, that dog booked it out of there the first chance it could. It, had, it was <laughs> who does that? <laughs> so okay, Adrian is nearby and he's trying to bury Robin in some random spot in the woods when the dog from the car just runs up and starts to bark at him, and the girl in the car is like, "Hey, go get blue, go get blue," uh, and he's like, "I don't want to." She's like, I, "I'm not gonna do anything until you do." And he's like, "Fine." And so he goes. We can't have and, sex till the dog's back in the car. And watch it, <laughs> damn it! I can't get off without the dog. The dog watching is integral to this process for me. <laughs> he must be present and he must be watching. Don't you kink shame me? That's right. Also, second best shot in the movie. The guy comes through the bushes. The camera square at his crotch. Very tight pants. It looks like he's sporting a half chub. Uh, Commitment to character there. I appreciate a man who is, you know, on set like, you know what? I'm just coming from trying to have sex. I'm going to make sure I look the part. So good I appreciate you noticing the half chub. <laughs> look, it was, I did it like, and I'm a girl. <laughs> look, I just I'm gay. Like, I'm like, what? I didn't see this. <laughs> uh, go back and watch it again because clearly you guys were not looking at the right parts of the screen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the dog's barking at Adrian. Adrian's like, get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. And then the boyfriend walks through the bushes and sees Blue and looks up at Adrian. And they just, like, lock eyes. And he looks down and he sees the body on the ground. And he's like, Blue, come on, Blue. Let's go, Blue. Let's go. Let's go. So funny. The guy's, like, spooked. He goes and jumps in the car. The girl's like, where's the dog? And he's like, we're going. We got to call somebody. And the dog just, like, runs and jumps in the car. The dog knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I got to go, guys. So they speed off to go call the cops. I'm like, well, Adrian, cat's out of the bag. Might as well just leave her body right here. Just, just leave. Just go. They already saw you. <laughs> well, you know, better yet, move it somewhere else because no body, no evidence. Yeah, like I like to. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danielle. We're very good murderers. We've talked about this a lot. How if we want to do this, we'd simply take the body. You had a body of water presumably nearby. As long as you weighed the body down, the water would pretty much destroy all of evidence. So it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> for all you aspiring serial killers out there. I'm a little like, scared. It's okay, but that's all right. We'll keep... My point, they didn't see his license plate. They didn't know who he was. They, they just saw some guy burying a body in the woods. If you move the and body... And you know, he probably... It was dark. He probably didn't get a good, really yes. good look at his face. That's true. Adrian... But at the same time... Decision. 
my thought is you need, he needs time to get away now because now someone's going to be looking for somebody with a body. So he still has a limited amount of time to bury this body now. And no matter if he picks it up and takes it somewhere else, they're still going to be looking for somebody with a body, you know? Yeah. That could be like from a dragnet overnight. He's got like at least, I would say a couple hours. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll yeah. never know, I guess. It just won't ever play out for us to know. Adrian should have called us for advice. We can. We should be murder consultants, right? That'd be a yeah. good job for us. There, yeah, that needs to be a thing. <laughs> murder <laughs> consultants, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Don't oh, actually man. call us for that. Please. I just see you like, like putting your back to back and like crossing your arms like murder consultants. You know, like totally, totally 80s, 90s. Yeah. Have you been injured? <laughs> or rather yet, have you injured someone else? Do you need help hiding the body? Call the murder consultants. You didn't we think won't your tell us passion, <laughs> you didn't think your crime of passion through but we're here to do the thinking for you <laughs> uh, yeah I hope that's not a real thing that's going to be sad it <laughs> <laughs> was stuff we found in our Patreon <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh my god so back at the house Lisa goes into Kim's room and wonders if the weird guy aka Rando Randy the mango guy not Rando the mango guy <laughs> Rando the mango, mango guy yes if he's still outside and like Kim's like, don't say anything in front of Julia. And, and Lisa's like, the guy was scary with missing teeth and they call him the mango man. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, whatever. It sounds like a citrus superhero and you know, mango man. <laughs> so Lisa turns on some random music, just walks over, turns on some music, starts going through Kim's closet, criticizing her clothes. It's like this convent look. I'm like, girl, shut up. No one's inviting you to do any of this. And you're just like, I'm going to criticize everything. Kim seems so, to yeah. yeah. And Kim's like, well, I've only worn uniforms my whole life. Like, you know. And I'm like, Lisa, back off and learn some freaking decorum. Damn. Anyway, so she asks what their dad does. And Kim says that he used to work for the U.S. Embassy in Foreign Affairs. But now he is a consultant for South American Affairs. Like, okay, so he's government. I don't know why we needed this job like description, <laughs> but because it doesn't have anything to do with anything else, but whatever. It was weirdly specific, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like, oh, he just works for a big corporation. That could have been enough. And that would have been fine. But no, we needed to know he works for the embassy and foreign affairs, whatever. So Lisa says that Kim is cultured and you need an older guy like the one with the weird music. And this is where Julia's dog, like, Oh, excuse me, not Julia's dog. Julia's dog earring comes into play because like, oh, we'll just call Adrian back. And, Lisa, and then Julia's like, I saved his number. Like, well, that that works. Yeah, no one I told you to, but thanks. You know why. why? I don't know why Lisa fixated on Adrian so quickly. He was like a baby bird imprinting on the first thing she saw. It was weird. Yeah. Like it was strange. Sam, you're no, but like, why him? Of all the people they were prank calling. I don't know. He sounded sensitive. Yeah. Okay. Apparently. They could feel it over the phone. Yeah. So Lisa hands the phone to Kim and it's ringing and ringing until we see Adrian arriving home and he comes in time, like comes inside the house just in time for the, the phone to stop ringing. He doesn't catch it in time, but the door closes behind him and there's David Carradine showing up and he's playing his brother, Steve. So his actual brother is playing his brother. I thought 100% they were not really, like there was I thought yes. they were the weirdest casting choice cuz they didn't look anything like each other. They don't look anything. They're half brothers though. They're not like full-blooded. So maybe Still, that's why. 
I just, and he looked older than him. I thought he was like, at first I thought he was like his dad or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that was probably the relationship in real life, but nope. It's weird. I, this, again, another very strange interpersonal interaction between these two where he shows up like, hey, I'm here for the contract thing. I'm like, oh, is he trying to get Adrian to sign a contract? But no, he's just apparently staying with him. I guess, like, was this prearranged? Yeah. But he had no luggage. And then he's like talking and Adrian's like, get out. This is a bad time. He's like, no, I'm here. And he's like, fine. And he's like, can I take a shower? And I'm like, who just invites himself over to take a shower? I thought he was just like popping by for like to give Adrian a contract. And he's like, oh, now I'm going to take a shower. And this is before we established the relationship as brothers or everything. Yeah. Adrian's just it's like, the most we hear is like, it's not a hotel. It's mostly yeah. get like, okay, so he does this a lot. Like, what's going on? Like, So I don't understand like. Do you just show up to people's houses and ask to take a shower? Is that how it works? It sounded like he had planned to be there but got there earlier than expected. His brother was like, you can't, no, go away. I'm not a hotel. You need to, like, go find something. You weren't supposed to be. Not on the same night I kill my girlfriend. Yeah, like, like it sounded like you're supposed to arrive later than you arrived. I mean, that's a fair point. You have a lot to take care of when you have your girlfriend recently murdered. You got to clean the apartment. You got to wash the blood off the walls. You have to find a place to relocate the body. It's just, it's a hassle. Yeah, make hair dolls out of her hair, stuff like that. Right. You gotta, it's just, he's swamped. He is swamped. And she swamped me too. But Oh. Anyway, no. See what you did there. That's bad. Anyway, so Adrian leaves the room and Steve walks over to the table and he finds the ring in a box that Robin left behind. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what's up. Think about it. Think about what's going mm-hmm. on. But well, Steve, he knows that he got rejected at that point. Yeah, he says, hey, I found the ring. And Adrian's like, just forget about it. And it's very obvious Adrian is trying to hide something. It's very obvious. Like, get out of here. I don't want to talk about it. You know, like, It's obvious something's going on. There's a I level mean, of be, panic in his face. Yeah. To be fair, if I had recently gotten dumped after proposing my girlfriend, I wouldn't want my brother or anyone else coming over and being like, let me get up all in your business. Like, give me some time to process. Give me some space. Like, get out. I don't need this right now. Like, that... So far, that does not seem strange to me. Like, this all yeah. seems like uh, Steve, the brother, should be maybe finding a hotel if he had read, any concern for his he, brother. Just read the room, you know? Yeah, read exactly. Yeah. So Steve tells Adrian, it's if it's not too much of an imposition, I'm going to go take that hot shower. <laughs> and Adrian's <laughs> like, all right. So yeah, weird. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lisa decides that Kim needs a makeover if she wants an older guy like Adrian. I'm like, girls, you don't even know what the guy looks like. It's like pre-internet catfish territory, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's, what you're getting. That's the allure to excitement of the unknown. Like mystery he has a date. sexy voice. I'm like, yeah, but... Mm. The board game? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like the board game. The, which board okay. game? Mystery date. Oh, mystery <laughs> date. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that board game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's my boyfriend's a killer. Ooh, which killer did you get? <laughs> no, right. look, I have played that board game recently, and I can tell you, it is uh, very lacking in the game mechanics department. There should be an updated version called Mystery Serial Killer Date, like Mystery go. Date with a Serial Killer or something Add like that. Add some stakes. You know, like if you get the the nerd, the goon, all the time, like nothing happens. You just oh, you open the door. Oh, you got the wrong guy. But uh, if he murdered you, that would make some stakes to the game. Yeah. Add in, like, mix in the game of life with it. Like, there you go. That'd be kind of fun. Accidental pregnancy. Just... Uh oh. I see something in the future. Anyway, um, <laughs> maybe. So, yeah, 
little Julia even has like this, like she's got like heavy eighties eye makeup going on, like bad. And Kim's like, all right, time for you to get to bed. I'm like, girl has fully made up. She is not ready to go to bed. She was ready to go out, but whatever. Kim's ready to call Adrian again after she's had her grown lady makeover or whatever Lisa calls it. But after another commercial break, Adrian's phone rings and he answers this time and it's Kim and she gets nervous and instantly says, I saw what you did and know who you are. And Adrian's That's like, what? That's where it what? all goes wrong. It's where she said this. a terrible misunderstanding. Yeah. Adrian's like, what? Uh, who is this? And she repeats herself. She goes, it's Kim, Adrian. I know who you are. And I love your music. <laughs> and he's like, what? Like, what do you want from me? And she's like, you'll find out. Okay, you have to admit, you have to imagine in his head. He's sitting there. Yeah. He's like listening on the phone. He's like, wait, you know what I did? I love your music. Wait. You you love my what? <laughs> Wait, what are we talking I'm about? Somebody or not? <laughs> he very wisely does not make that declaration. He keeps it pretty close to the chest, which I appreciate. He's like, um, let's fill this out a little bit. But yeah, he, she's like, you'll find out, and he's like, when? And she says, it won't be long. And then she hangs up suddenly. I'm like, and Lisa's like encouraging, going, oh, he wants you. I'm like, stop it, stop, stop encouraging this. It's us, like everyone just make there are all these weird assumptions about the other people's. But like, I get the teenage girls playing out this fantasy in their head about oh he wants you and stuff, but like, they push it real far, like further than seems like reasonable for a slumber party type uh, event. Yeah, they yeah, just a little too much. Like yeah. you leave it after the phone calls and that was it, but you don't do yeah. what they do. Yeah. So he thinks that she lives like across the street and he starts turning off the lights and we can see from his window. You can basically see all of Los Angeles from his window. It's like where across the street, like where How across the street. How afford a downtown Los Angeles apartment on a fired, not very good soundtrack writer's salary? I don't know. Apparently he saved up. I don't know. Um, also, maybe the it was house... after his parents died, he got all the money. Oh, yeah. insurance. Yeah. Also, why is the apart- like the apartments in this movie, like the house apartments, they're all very bare. Yeah, they're, like it felt like it was really empty. Made for TV movie budget. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if he doesn't, if he makes enough money to have the location, but just not the furniture in that location, <laughs> right? So. He's saving up. He's got to kill more yeah. people for that. Okay, that's yeah, true. You know, he needs to make some production friends who can like grab him some old set pieces or something. I don't know, but. Anyway, so yeah, he's looking around the room. He's turning off the lights and he's like getting worried. He sits down on the ground with his head against the window whatnot. And then he looks over and he sees all this blood dripping down the wall. And he's like, oh my gosh. And he looks at it. It's still dripping. I'm like, damn, how fresh is that? And then he gets <laughs> a knock at the door. Yeah, way too fresh. He gets a knock at the door and he kind of slowly walks over to it. And then he goes to the door and he opens it in slow motion. And then we see dead Robin coming up to the door. She's like, ah. And he wakes up. No, Robin, no. There are and, a few parts of this movie that caused me to really laugh. And Robin's dead person makeup was one of them. She looked like a mime. It was amazing. She had this white caked makeup on her face. I'm like, why is this mime attacking you? Like a mime who had like pulled out fish hooks from her face. It was so good. I loved her going like, look, 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 it was so good. She just looked at him. Like she just came up to the door frames, like looking at him like, oh, that's uh, creepy, but whatever. That was my favorite. I loved it so much. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. 
So yeah, his brother's there as he's yelling, no Robin. And he's like, Adrian, you okay? And then he, he says, no, turn it off. I'm like, what? And he starts turning <laughs> off all the lights. He's like, I don't want them to see. And I'm like, dude, your brother thinks you are crazy right now. Like <laughs> chill out, man. <laughs> I don't want them to see who, who is we, who's they, what's going on. So that's when the phone rings again. And Adrian says he's fine as he encourages his brother to leave the room. He answers and immediately says, Kim. And I'm like, if I were her, I'd be creeped out as hell. <laughs> Kim. Whoa. <laughs> if I was him, I'd be pretty creeped out too. Like it goes both ways. Like, man, you, are you number one? Are you sure that's her? Like how late is it right now? Either. We don't even know how late it is right now. Well, it's gotta night. be before 1130. Oh, right? 1130. Yeah. It's up. well before 1130. It's gotta be like eight or nine. So it's right. not yeah. even that late. Probably. So he's like, Kim, and she smiles and says, Adrian. And he asks if she really liked his music. And she says she loved it. He tells her he hears it all around him all the time. And she's like, yeah, me too. And then he's like, I, you know, I want to meet you. And she says, well, she'll have to call him back. And he's like, are you going to make this difficult for me, Kim? I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I think he catches himself because she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I mean, I'll do anything you want. And she says, I'll call you back. And then hangs up. I'm like, it's just, I mean, just the interaction so far, I would obviously know this was a scared kid, like a teenager, somebody, you know what I mean? Just the right. way she's acting, yeah. like, I would just know. Of course, he's not in his right mind. too much. But, yeah. But <laughs> crazy is as crazy does. Yeah. So Kim seems excited, but wonders what he looks like. I'm like, something you should have thought about well before now, stupid. <laughs> And Lisa says, you know, what do you, you know, what do you think about him? And Kim's like, well, she likes him. You know, let's let's go check him out. I think I like him, but let's go check him out. And Julia's like, you know, screaming from a nightmare upstairs. And, you know, most likely about Mango Man, freaking Lisa. (laughs) And so Kim goes to tend to her. And Julian asks if she called, you know, Adrian. And Lisa can't get a hold of Lewis and she decides to coerce Kim into taking her dad's Cadillac to drive by Adrian's apartment to quote, check him out. And she promises they won't get in the, you know, they won't get out of the car. I'm like, don't trust her, Kim. Don't do it. But so again, see him from the road. Yeah. Get out of the car. There's no way. Unless that big ass window. To be fair to Lisa, she does not once pressure Kim to get out of the car. That's all Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Kim breaks down and says yes, and she's glad that Lisa came over. And Lisa says, Me too. Maybe next time we'll eat. Like, <laughs> you're the one who you could have the- had the warm milk, but you just you didn't. You could have had it. some milk, Kim. Uh, Lisa, damn it. Lisa, but, it's all on you. It's your own fault. Milk. But what's nice though, she does say something nice for <laughs> you right now. She's like, let's take this crap off your face. You look better without it without the makeup. I'm like, that was nice. Nice compliment there, Lisa. That was nice of you to say. I don't know. I mean, sometimes it sounds like, you know, those, those creepy dudes are like, Oh, I like it better when you don't wear makeup. Women who wear makeup look too fake, but they actually want the makeup. Yeah. But like, <laughs> because otherwise tell like, women yeah. how to look, it's like, yeah, just yeah. maybe, maybe they don't care about your opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. So Steve finds Robin's purse hanging on the back of Adrian's door in, I guess in the bedroom as Adrian cleans the blood off the wall. I'm like, Ooh, Steve, you a danger boy. 
So Run, now, <laughs> yeah, Steve, you're treading, you're treading, you know, lightly. You need to just get get the hell out of there. So Kim is driving the Cadillac with Julie in the back seat and Lisa reading the map to find Adrian's place. I'm like, ah, oh, maps. Remember those? <laughs> or my, like, oh, man. I, wow, maps. So those were the days. It's in the dark. There's like no lights. I know she's like, I'm trying there. to read this map with this with this wind blowing all around me because we're in a freaking convertible and you're trying to hold a piece of paper that's just and it's not moving. So how did that happen? I don't understand, but whatever. No flapping, nothing. So yeah. Back at Adrian's, Steve looks at the wall and wonders what may have happened here. He's like running his hands along it. I'm like, you know what happened here. You know. He just doesn't want to believe it, I guess. He looks in on Adrian, who's sitting in the dark. Before he quietly goes into the other room to make a phone call to Amy, which I, I guess Amy is Robin's roommate, I guess. I don't know. That was what I kind of gathered. Yeah. Amy says that Robin is out with Adrian. And Steve says that they had a fight or something. And she left in a hurry because she left her purse. And he looks up at the door and the purse is gone now. And he's like, <gasps> Adrian's on top of this cover up, y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> So then Amy mentions that Robin couldn't have gone that far without her car. Adrian picked her up and Steve tells Amy to tell Robin he called and then goes to the door with Adrian right on the other side, listening. He's like, didn't mean to startle you. Just wanted to ask if you wanted to get a burger. I guess that was Liz on the phone. And Steve's like, I would like uh, a burger. <laughs> yeah, I would love a burger right now. Yeah, but let's get a burger. How about you go get it, Adrian? You go get out of here. But yeah. Steve's like, yeah, uh, the baby has colic. And Adrian's like, huh. And he puts the cigarette in his mouth and it looks like he stepped on this cigarette because it looks very flat. Like it looks like somebody stepped on it or sat on it or something. And he just kind of stares at Steve for a few seconds. He's just like with a cigarette in his mouth. He's like, got a light. And Steve just like, uh, I'm going to go take a walk. And just like moves past Adrian. I'm like, get the hell out of there, Steve. <laughs> It was the weirdest. In you got a light. Like what? Like now you're yeah. smoking flat cigarettes. Like the, the human interactions approximate what normal humans would do, but they're never quite right. There's like an uncanny valley here. Yeah, it's very. It's not consistent not at all. Mm -hmm. So another commercial break, and the girls finally pull up to Adrian's apartment. And I just noticed, I don't know why I didn't notice this before, um, Juliet was still in her pajamas. I'm like, get that girl dressed before you take yeah, her out. <laughs> I thought of that when they went up because they they next go up to the apartment. And I yeah. was thinking, that poor 10-year-old girl alone in uh, some random street in the middle of downtown LA in her pajamas, like in the back of a convertible, she's going to get kidnapped and die. <laughs> not safe at all. I scolded them. I was like, no, no, do not leave her there just sitting there. And she's like, I don't care. And I'm like, oh, until somebody just snatches you. Oh, she is so, along for the ride. Yeah, she's just like I am. Just happy to be with my big sister. She is. She's so, on board. It was very yeah. little kid. So it was good acting performance by her. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think this was just as Full House was starting too. So it was like around that time. So okay, Kim and Lisa they go up to Adrian's window to sneak a peek at him as he's playing guitar, and it's a, of course a very weird tune. He doesn't make. Whatever. I can't even describe this shit. It's just mel mel melancholy. Excuse me. He was like playing the guitar kind of like a violin with a comb, I believe. Yeah. That's like right. there prickling at it. It's, yeah. yeah. It was and he's like, all orgasmic looking as he plays, too. 
It was real good. I'm like, this guy, he could do some real, I bet he does some really good music. I gotta say, I bet it's real weird. Very it's really like, weird, like old field, like weird stuff. He could do some good, like David Lynch type stuff. Probably. Yeah, there you, know. you go. You know, maybe that's what he should have been going for, but maybe that's what yeah. he was doing. And that's where he got his money. Not Dracula and atomic bombs. There you go. <laughs> that was his pet project. <laughs> do a punt, I guess. So Lisa looks in and she's like, he's definitely not my type. He's too sensitive. And Kim and Kim's like, you know, is, and she's like, is this your type? And she's just looking at him and Adrian's like complete, you know, continue, you know, just still playing in his own little world. And then he hears like them make a noise outside. Like they stepped on something and he just kind of stops and listens. They don't notice that he has stopped playing and like listens and like looks in there. He looks in the reflection of the mirror to see like Kim's head through the shutters of the window, which he could have just looked straight forward and seen. I don't know. Anyway, because um, <laughs> he has to turn his back and sees it in the reflection, which is right in front of it. I don't get it. But so Lisa's trying to convince Kim to go to the door because there's never been a better chance for her to talk to him. And Adrian stops playing and leaves the room at that time so kim's like you know i'm done i want to leave but lisa's like come on stay go for it stop i'm like girl quit trying to pimp her out she's not into this right <laughs> though she kind of is she kind of is you know but at the same time if you're not 100 sure don't do it just don't do it but that's um something that a lot of teenagers are good at uh yeah recognizing <laughs> yeah they're very good at impulse control notoriously they have great <laughs> impulse control teenagers. <laughs> just don't do it you know but yeah, so they keep arguing just as Adrian opens his door and that's where Lisa like ducks around the corner it just in time and Kim gets caught by him and she's like, oh, uh, hi, uh, my car broke down. It's down the street. I saw your light on and can I use your phone? And he's like, sure. And he lets her in. I'm like, Lisa's back there like, yes, giving this arm pump, you know, <laughs> and now Kim is inside. I'm like, oh, you are in the spider's web. Ugh. Belly of the beast. The belly of the yeah. beast. Ugh. So she says, it's nice to, you know, thank you for letting me use your phone. And he points it out. And it's, of course, an old rotary. They've only been using rotaries this entire time. Well, no, they had the, their speakerphone had the right, but he only yeah. has rotary. I'm like, he really doesn't have any money. You can tell. So <laughs> that's why he has no furniture. He has rotary phones and no furniture. So starving artist. And so she calls up a random number and she goes, it's me. Can you come get me? I'm at Adrian's and his ears perk up as she gives the address and she has no idea. She just Freudian slipped who, who she was. Yeah. I'm like, Classic blunder. I was like, Kim. no, <laughs> no, you gotta be careful girls. If you're trying to pull the wool over a guy's eyes, you can't can't you know, let him know, you know who he is. <laughs> can't do it. So he walks over to the door and locks it. And she hangs up the phone. She goes, it shouldn't be that long. I live nearby. And he asks, you know, what your name is. And she immediately goes, uh, Ellen Jones. I'm like, good bland name. You know, kind of sounds plausible, you know. Pulled that and out real she, quick. Yeah, she popped it out really quick. She wasn't like, uh, Ellen she didn't like, Jones. She was like, you know. She did not think she looked around the room and it's like, my name is Guitar Vincent. <laughs> 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 that's my last name and my sure. first name is uh window blood stay uh oh <laughs> um <laughs> whoopsie <laughs> no yeah so 
she says her name's Ellen Jones. She asks if he's a musician. He's like, why'd you ask that? She's like, well, you have a guitar. You know? <laughs> and so he's like, what else have you seen, Ellen? And what do you think like, is going on right now? No, no, I need somebody to explain to me. What do, what do we think he thinks is going on right now? She's being super chill. She's like, oh, my car broke down. He thinks that's a lie because she knew his name. But like, what, yeah. does he actually think this woman like saw something and is what? Just like scoping out his apartment. It's calling the police. What do we think's happening? I it's think gotta be. Yeah. Well, I think he's, I think for one, I think he's not really in touch with reality at the moment. So he's just sort of going along. But also I think he is very confused because there's this woman who presumably is trying to extort him for something, has some ulterior motive, you know, is claiming I saw what you did and want something from him, but he doesn't know what that is. And so he's yeah. just sort of like, I need to play, you know, play this out and see what this person wants without, you know, revealing too much if I can help it. Yeah, and he might suspect she might he might suspect that it's the Kim person, but he doesn't know for sure. You know, like he doesn't know. He just knows it. Yeah, he knows it's all too convenient. All that's happening right now. Also, I think he's clearly paranoid, and I think his his you know like his mental faculties are such that I'm not sure he has the wherewithal at this point to question anything in a cogent way. No, he's just kind of rolling with the punches. Yeah, but. So she comments that it's a wonderful view. And he's like, you know, what makes it real wonderful when you turn off the light and he turns out the light, which makes it even creepier. And just then like, he's going to go for her. And then you hear Steve knocking at the door. Hey, let me in. What's going on? Why's the door locked? And he just returned from his walk. And so this alarms Kim and she jumps up as Adrian opens the door for Steve. And she says, well, I have to go, but she doesn't notice that she's leaving her freaking purse behind. You stupid girl. This is purses. why I'm against purses. <laughs> I'm against them. Sorry. I okay, think well, they're if they great. Clothes with pockets. It would be a whole other ball game. Right? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I have clothes with pockets, and let me tell you, a purse would be a blessing sometimes because you got to carry more than just the phone, keys, and wallet. Sometimes, sometimes you need a little bit more, and having a bag—that's sometimes, you know, like yeah, they need to make this- like. Good old good jackets and good pants that you can like almost I'm not saying like cargo pants, but something that it has the functionality of cargo pants without looking cargo panty. I think we've come sense. to the conclusion that cargo pants are the ultimate piece of clothing just because of their <laughs> myriad pockets. That's true. I'm wondering when they're really gonna come back in style. It's gotta be coming soon, right? Look, the Should cargo be. kilt never went out of style. You can go to see it at any Ren fair in the country. <laughs> well I'll take your word for it. So <laughs> <laughs> so she goes and she runs down she jumps in the car and they take off they hit a freaking garbage can or something on the way out and steve kind of chases after them for a second but he sees them take off and back inside adrian accuses steve of knowing kim but he doesn't of knowing that girl and uh he doesn't know who it is he does however confess that he had talked with robin because she was worried for adrian and steve says that he told her i told her and adrian's like what and so you're like, told her what? What would you tell her? That's what we're thinking, right? And Steve yeah. says that she deserves to know because Adrian has had some serious problems. And that's where Adrian says, Steve doesn't know what he's done. You don't know what you've done, Steve. And Steve says, Robin is tough and can handle going to the doctor with you. But Adrian's like, it's too late. Robin won't be going with me to any doctor anymore. <laughs> it's so like, dramatic. Whoa. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, <laughs> that sounds I mean, a little. Yeah. If he had just said, Oh, she dumped me immediately. Thanks. I could have like, he 
Oh, really overplayed his hand. He could have easily still brushed us aside. No one to stop talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Or like, you lean on to the fact that you're pissed that your brother told him this thing. Like, oh, she'll stick by you. He's like, no, she didn't. She dumped me. So you were wrong about that, brother. Yeah. Thanks a lot, bro. Yeah. And then she stormed oh. out of here and got in the cab and left. And I haven't seen her since. Yeah, Not before she actually cut her hand on this knife, hence why the blood is on the floor. That's you know. But yeah. she left her purse. Again, murder consultants for hire. We can help. We'll figure this stuff out for you people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so back at the house, Julia wants to stay up late, but Kim is annoyed and you know, go to bed. So, you know, but Kim is upset and there's this big scratch on the side of the Cadillac from the hit when they hit the trash can. And she's like, I'm in deep doo-doo. Like, it's bad. And she also realizes that she lost her purse. So it's just not a good night now. It just turned into a bad night. Bad decisions. <laughs> and Lisa is more concerned that Kim's dad is going to tell her mom what happened. And she doesn't want to get in trouble because Kim doesn't keep anything from her dad. So then Lisa's like, what kind of friend are you? I'm like, um, what? We just met. Like, <laughs> and you're getting me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I think we need to have a, a bit of consistency here, Dustin, because earlier when the teacher was at calling on Kim to explain the grammar rule, you're like, no, you got to stick together and lie and pretend you don't know the answer to the question. But now when uh, Lisa asks you to lie, no, you got to turn on your – which one is it? Do you stick together or are you – which I don't know. This is all – In I a think. classroom setting, you don't do it because there's too many people, especially when the teacher's like, everybody here is an imbecile except for you. Yeah, you don't tell it then because you have a okay. whole board of people. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand the rules of when you can but, run out your friend or not. But now you're at my house <laughs> and you're going to okay. talk to me this way in my house? No. All right. That's why I, this is all very complicated. It. Social It's all situation-based. Yeah, all, okay. You know. Just make sure we understand what's going on. Because, yeah. you know, Kim, she's trying to learn to be a good friend. And it's, it's very complicated. Yeah. Well, you don't do this by telling your friend to lie. That's one. Friends yeah. don't lie. We learned this from 11. We know this. So from Stranger Things. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Lisa decides that they should just, you know, let's go scrape some bark off a tree and make it look like we drove the car around. And we accidentally, you know, scratched the tree. Like, you know. So they decide that they're going out from the garage, which is not attached to the house, apparently. And they're going inside just as Lewis and his cronies show up in a beaten up convertible that looks like it's painted to look like a Dalmatian. <laughs> um, it's got like just random spots all over. It. It's bad. And of course, Lisa's all pissed because she showed up so late and he kisses her and she's like, you stink of beer and dope. And he says, hey, aren't we in a relationship or what? I'm like, what? What, what does that mean? <laughs> and. He demands that she answer him as Kim looks disappointed and goes inside and she tells him, you know what? No, I'm with my friend now. I'm like, good for you. Hoes before bros. That's good for you. Or sisters before misters, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And uh, he leaves and is like, and she's like, hey, Lewis, I'm sure you'll find someone who deserves you. And he laughs. And I'm like, I don't. Is Sick that an insult? Burn, I guess. Uh, uh, good for them. Like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand it. Even if it was a good burn, he wouldn't have understood it anyway. He was that drunk. Was it a right? good? I mean, again, I, I, I feel like Lisa could have had a better retort. Then I wish you happiness. She's too emotionally invested to come up with something right right now. <laughs> She's that upset. Fair enough. Yeah. So when she goes back inside, Kim pouts at the table, which is still set and has milk there, which is gotta <laughs> be curdling <milk>. now. <laughs> 
milk. Oh, I really, I need answers on the milk. I don't understand the milk. So Lisa says she forgot to tell Kim about Lewis coming over, but Kim doesn't answer. And then Lisa says that, you know, why, why, why don't we get together tomorrow night? And Kim's like, no, I thought we were friends. I thought you came over because you liked me. You know, again, you kind of lesbianish. You. Yeah. A little bit of, you know, like, oh, um, you like a, more than a friend, Kim? Is that what's going on here? I think that um, is what's going on there. Yeah. Well, it's all yeah, in the hair, enough. man. She's got the hair. Lisa's got the hair. She wants that swoop. She wants that swoop in her bed. Anyway, um, <laughs> Lisa confesses that she wanted to be with Lewis because her mother doesn't like him, but she realizes she doesn't like him because they aren't kids anymore. I'm like, good realization to have, Lisa. Get your act together. That's good. So... That's when Lisa's mom comes to pick her up and she leaves. Kim goes after her, but they're already driving off before she could say anything. I'm like, oh, it's like friendship, the love story. No, don't leave. Oh, you're gone. Aww. You know. <laughs> Aww. Aww. They all die in the end. And they all die. And the movie, oh, is that over? They all die. That's, That's over. That's it. No. So Kim goes inside and we see someone is watching from the street. They're watching the house. <gasps> it's Mango Man. Oh! Why is he watching? There are no mangoes in this property, Mango Man. Yeah. Although he is a hero of sorts at the end, he is still extremely <laughs> creepy and shady. So I'm not like this movie has no heroes. I think no, this should there should have been a part two about his character and how he was actually doing some weird crap on the side. He was trying to like yeah. kill teenage girls. Just no, jump down to me, you know. Tell, he could tell there was something going to happen. The mangoes had spoken to him. That's why oh, he was there. of course. He could feel the, the bad energy, prescient like, mangoes. He just yes. didn't know when it was omnipotent. Omnipotent. The, the prescient omniscient. The mangoes. The mangoes of the far sight. <laughs> <laughs> Clairvoyant mangoes. Exactly right. Oh. Okay, so back at Adrian's, Steve tries to praise Adrian that he's creative and he does everything better than everyone else, but you're just too sensitive. And he lets the, you know, you let the bad in with the good and it's a curse. And he tells Adrian that if those feelings overwhelm him again, overwhelm you again, you know, I want to help. I want to be there. We can get through it together. And you can tell he's trying to be a good brother and you feel bad for the whole situation. You're like, oh, this is, you know, he's been through it with him. And Adrian tells him, you know, I need to go get some sleep. So Steve leaves the room and we hear this like car revving up. And I thought that there was a car outside, but it turns out to be some weird score. <laughs> vroom, vroom. And it just yeah, keeps yeah. repeating as it goes through each scene. Vroom, vroom. I'm like, what's going on here? And we see Kim go back to her house, you know, looking, you know, she, she's in the, she's looking out the window and, and then we see Steve grabbing two champagne glasses that are full and dumping the bottle of champagne in the sink before throwing the bottle away where he finds a bloody rag in the trash. Ah! Oh, no. oh no. Get the hell he out finds, of there, Steve. He finds a red rag, a rag that's been stained red. Is it strawberry juice? We don't know. Strawberry juice? <laughs> you know, like you do. I'm just saying, Steve jumps to some conclusions. I think Steve has pretty good reason to jump to six as we find out. I like there's not other circumstantial evidence around in the yeah. apartment. No, no. Yeah. In a vacuum, it's all fine. Yeah, that's no, fine. Yeah, Steve goes to check on Adrian, who has locked the bedroom door. But wait, that's where Adrian shows up behind him and starts to beat him over the head with what looks like a menorah. I don't know. It looked I'll like a spatula. I love this part because... I was like, what does he have in his hand? Yeah, it looks so I, I thought it was a spatula or something. I had no idea. I thought he was like... And he like goes down so quick. 
Yeah, and just like like smacking him repeatedly with the spatula. Like, why is he going down? That would not hurt you. And no. the movie pulls that really terrible slow mo where they just take the regular frame rate and just slow it down so it's choppy and blurry. You can't see what's going on. Because I, I think it they, means business. I think they were trying to hide whatever object he was holding that looked fake as heck and clearly <laughs> was not something that could bludgeon somebody. That or it was a menorah, and they didn't want to seem anti-Semitic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ooh, that's possible. That is very much possible. So anyway, he drags Steve's body into the living room and goes to unlock a closet with a key. I mean, I don't know who has a closet locked with a key in their house, but I mean, Serial that's killers. not usual. Well, yeah, for people who need to lock people inside. Like, who just keeps gasoline in a closet? Like, <laughs> arsonist. Like, we yeah, we have established he's a bit of an arsonist. Yeah, he just got that just in case, in case the mood strikes, I guess. And he ends up pouring the gasoline all over the floor, all over Steve, and he lights a match and he's about to drop it. And then he looks through the flame and he sees, oh, he spots Kim's purse she left behind. He's like, what? And he puts out the flame and he goes over to the purse and he sees, oh, Kim. He starts realizing it's the girl from the phone, putting it two and two together. Makes sense to him now. I guess I didn't before, but. He immediately gets up and heads towards Kim's house. And I guess the the brother burning can wait. And uh, he's rushing like hell. Like he's revving up that, that Reverend Emden school. Vroom, vroom, starts going again. And we see Kim walking through her, her quiet house. But we still hear vroom, vroom. I don't know why. <laughs> and she goes into Julia's room. But Julia is out of bed. She calls out to her sister and tells her she can't sleep, always sleep with her when she has a bad dream, but there's no answer. It's pretty eerie. Oh. You're like, oh crap, what happened to the kid? And you know, she, I think that Julia's, not, yeah, I think that Julia's probably with the dog, but that's what I'm thinking. She's got to be with the dog somewhere, right? Because she wanted to sleep with her earlier. So Cam walks around the house and sees the doors wide open. Like, another, not a good sign. Not a good never, sign. Never a good sign. And she calls out for the dog who is named Meredith. Again, Meredith. Meredith, Meredith, you know, it's just kind of sounds like it's not going to be, I don't know. So she goes out the door. I'm like, why would you do this? And she ends up finding Julia sitting in the Cadillac in the freaking garage because she had a bad dream. I'm like, but why the garage? Like, I'd be more scared to go out there being a little kid. That would not be the first place I'd go if I had a nightmare. You no, know, you have to walk across the entire yard. What the heck? I know. And sit in a lonely garage, a creepy-ass garage. Like, who's going to do yeah. that, weirdo? Yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> so Kim tells her that, you know, okay, fine. You can sleep with me tonight, but you're not a baby. You need to start acting like a grown, you know, a kid, you know? So they walk back to the house with the dog in tow. And for some reason, the camera pans over to the gasoline in the garage. I'm like, did they... Are we supposed to assume that he put that there? Like, I don't, why are they showing the gasoline in the garage? I don't know. So at the same time, Steve starts to come to on Adrian's floor. And that's where we also see Lisa's mom is starting to interrogate her on the drive home about what she and Kim did that night with Lisa lying through her teeth saying, oh, we just watched TV. I'm like, okay, sure. I think your mom knows, but you know, pretty I don't obvious. think she knows quite yeah. what happened though. No, but she knows you didn't just watch TV. So at that moment, Adrian comes speeding around the corner, nearly hitting them. And I was hoping that Lisa would like catch a glimpse of his face as he drove by, but nope, it didn't happen. And 
that's where we cut over to Adrian getting pulled over by a cop for running a red light. And Adrian gives him his license to get checked out. And when the cop goes back to his car and checks with dispatch, they're like, yeah, that's, uh, that's Adrian Lancer. And he basically, he killed his, he torched his parents. His brother just (laughs) called. He's going nuts. You need to tread, tread lightly with him. And did they get the information about his parents from the brother? Yeah. Yeah. That was that a, was it. I was a little confused. I was like, does he have like a bolo out on him from last 30 years ago when he torched his parents? I know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he torched his parents and it happened a while back. But yeah, the brother's like, stay clear. <laughs> he just tried to pour gasoline all over me and light me on fire. <laughs> yeah. Psy- Adrian was psychotic to begin with. There's, there was no breaking point. He was already just nutty, right? I yeah, thought the brother was... A lot of, yeah. Sorry, go on. I thought the brother was dead. So I was super confused when he came to. Yes. <laughs> Well, he was going to burn his ass alive, apparently. Like, I know. I was like, oh, my God. He was going to burn him alive. It's like, poor guy. So Adrian freaks out as the cop's there, and he speeds off, driving all crazy around Mulholland Drive, which I know is one of the most dangerous roads to speed through because of all the freaking famous accidents and stuff that have happened there. Mm-hmm. Adrian doesn't heed that warning, though, and he gets... Adrian doesn't get out of the car, it seems. The car's going over, and it's going over, and it's going over. And from the cop's point of view, we see this big boom in the distance. And he pulls up, and he sees Adrian's cliff, Adrian's car down at the bottom of this cliff or whatever. And he's like, well, that's karma for you. And that's where you're like, yeah, let's not, uh, let's not investigate further. <laughs> and again, right. the cop goes home. <laughs> Does not check it out. Does not go down there. Does absolutely. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> right. Like, first off. You should at least be trying to see if you can help save that man's life. I mean, criminal or not, he needs to stand trial and has rights and and, and everything. Also, cars don't usually explode, just to put that out there. Although no, I do He had all that people. gasoline in the back, it might. Okay. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay, that's a fair point. You did have a, a whole bunch of, of accelerant there. So, so either way, I mean, terrible cop work. Yeah. But as we learn, it did not kill Adrian as we see him hitchhiking and getting picked up by somebody in a Jeep. So... Like I said, <laughs> stop picking up pictures. Don't do it. It's bad. Okay. So Lisa, we cut over to her. She's watching TV at home and, and her mom's in the background. I mean, it's like late at night. She was picking her up at 1130. So it's got to be midnight or later at this point. Yeah, They're just yeah. sitting around like it's casual. Like, yeah. oh, up? you know, we're just up this Duck. late all the time. Nearly going And Lisa's watching the news or a news flash comes on as her mom's in the background back doing up. something at the table. And then and she sees the that Adrian Lancer is wanted for murder. Edge. And he had a long history of mental illness. And they found Robin's body. And they say that Adrian just went over a cliff. And Lisa's like, oh, my God. She is freaked out. <laughs> and her mother's decisions. like, yeah. And her mom's like, why are you freaked out? What's going on? Did you know something? And Lisa's like, I don't know anything. It's just, it's just a really horrible and scary story. That's all. Oh my god, you know, you know more. You're still lying to your mom. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously she's lying. She thinks, well, he's dead, so it doesn't matter. And also, like, yeah. we didn't tell your mom. Oh yeah, we prank called that killer. That's gonna go over well with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we yeah, went to his apartment, well. and then yeah, she went inside and talked to him. <laughs> yeah. Mom's gonna uh, love that. Moms love that kind of story. I know. So at Kim's house, it seems she's locked Meredith in a room. Like they just brought the dog inside and they locked the dog up into a room. And the dog's like barking and clawing at the door. She wants to be let out. And Julia tells Kim that, you know, 
I, I don't know why Julie all of a sudden became this insightful character, but she's like, Kim, you're growing up. You're growing older. I'm like, you are like f- 10 years my junior girl. <laughs> and <laughs> you're getting more mature with the boys and your friends. I really like Lisa. You should try to forgive her. And I'm like, why is this like girl like turning into Obi-Wan? Like, <laughs> she's like, or like Oprah one. Yeah. yeah. Oprah one. Yeah. <laughs> and you get a friend and you get a boyfriend. And, yeah. No. <laughs> So they talk about their mom a little bit and they're like, oh, you know, mom's probably watching over us, blah, blah, blah. Kim tells Julia to go to sleep and Julia says Meredith is still in the pantry. And I'm like, why did you lock the dog up? Why'd you put, why'd you put the dog in the pantry? With pantry all the seems like a thing? terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, that's a recipe for a very sick dog and a lot less food in your house. I know. I'm like, I hope you don't have like baker's chocolate and shit in there. Like that's not good. So when Kim goes downstairs to let her out. She doesn't notice that her pocketbook, which was in her bag that she left at Adrian's, is now sitting on the steps. That she just walks <sighs> right past it on the steps. I'm like, uh-oh. She goes to lock the door, and then she hears, Kim, I know who you are. And it's Adrian. I'm like, get the fuck out of there! Get the fuck out! Ah! <laughs> you can't see me, but no. I'm like, my, my Muppet arms are going everywhere. <laughs> it's just crazy. Kim inexplicably is into this. Yeah, she is like, like oh, Adrian, you came all this way to see me. I know. He's like, I'm just returning your wallet and I've been waiting for you and oh, why don't you come into this dark room and talk with me? <laughs> and she's like, I don't think so. I'm like, smart, smart girl. That's when <laughs> she draws then, the line. <laughs> then when he gets up, she's like, oh, your hand, your heart, let me tend to your wounds. <laughs> Yeah, that's really weird. Like, yes. like, you hear Julia, like, who are you talking to? She says, nobody, don't worry about it. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I would have said something to make, maybe set the girl off. Go call the police, you know? But nope. She's like, oh, like, my she's God, your hand. It. She's like, your hand. I just want to help you. And Adrian just wants to know, why were you calling me? And she was like, oh, it was a game. We called random people. And you sounded like the nicest. And I liked your music. <laughs> and... She didn't say it like that, but I had to say it like stupid and naive because that's what she sounds like to me. And she, you know, we came by to just kind of check you out and maybe talk to you. And then he's like, oh, my God, you've never seen me before. Like, you can see it on his face. Like, oh, my God. And she's like, you lady. Yeah, you're lucky I didn't kill you (laughs) before I ask these questions. He might still be planning to even like before the events that transpire later. But who knows? That's true. That's true. She then says she'd like to help him and take care of his hand. And then the phone rings like right away. And he's like, he gets startled. And then he just kind of like walks out of the house. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. even say bye. He's like, and I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> I would be out of there real fast too. Cause like, this is not a good situation. No. So she walks over to the phone and answers it. And it's Lisa. And she's like, oh my God, Kim, that Adrian guy we talked to killed his girlfriend. And he went over a cliff. He is dead now. And Kim's like, that's impossible. Adrian was just here. Like she <laughs> yells it. Why well, she's trying to yell that? over the barking dog. So the whole that's thing true. is the dog has to be barking. So she has to yell it so Adrian can hear her. It's like the whole right. contrived thing. He's totally outside. You could probably say it quietly. Yeah, but no, she has to yell it because <laughs> movie. <laughs> Because, you know, movie. So she says, uh, you know, he walks outside. I'm like, girl, you need to leave. 
And then Meredith starts to bark and run around the house, like looking out all the win- windows. And Kim tries to call the cops, telling them that like, Adrian was just here. Um, I think, you know, the guy who just killed his girlfriend. And the cop's like, wait, who, what are you calling about? She's like, look, I'm at, and then click. Of course, the line is cut. I'm like, ah, get out. So Kim goes to check on Julia. And then she goes and checks all the windows. And she leaves one unlocked. Stupid. And she goes to... <laughs> Like, yeah, she goes to one of the rooms that's being redone and sees that the garage has been set ablaze downstairs. Oh, oh my God. I love this. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. She runs downstairs and then all of a sudden more fire just around the house, just around the house. My favorite thing. She's looking (laughs) out the window and it's like the fire is trying to jump scare her because it's like, she's looking at the window, like, so fine. It's like, whoosh. And there's these like massive flames, massive flames literally everywhere covering the, like, how did he make the fire turn from zero to a billion so quickly? He is it's that incredible. good of an arsonist. <laughs> I mean, kudos to him because, wow, like, I can't even get, like, a pile of tinder to light when I'm camping. I mean, he can do this whole house to go up in seconds. Talk about overachieving, am I right? Get a load of this guy. <laughs> uh, it was so good. It's just like that fire was like, she's like, okay, everything's on. Then whoosh, everywhere, like, amazing. Like, out of not even any smoke, just um. Oh, it was like the house spontaneously combusted. It was great. <laughs> oh, it was. It, it, the dog's going nuts, and, and Julia's trying to like leave through the front door, and Kim's like, no, you can't go out there, because he's out there. I'm like, but she's like, but we're gonna burn! <laughs> or die of smoke inhalation. Like, you're not doing yourself any favor staying inside. I know, Kim's Wait, like, Julia. I got a better idea. Let's just run frantically around the house until we can figure out we can, where we should go with smoke everywhere. Also, great idea. Go to the upper story during a fire. Really yeah. trap yourself up there. That's a yeah, great make sure plan. you don't find any way out. That's a good idea. It's not like yeah. smoke rises or anything. No. It's classic horror movie. They always run upstairs. They should. Always. They should. But and this did. is the one instance where going to the basement probably would have been better. Yeah. I don't think they ha- they don't have a basement. They only have a pantry. Um, <laughs> so they hear a window breaking and Meredith runs to the door in front of in front of them. And Kim lets her go into that room. You know, there's a door. And she's like, she unlocks the door and lets it in. And then they, you know, they don't notice. They run away. They let the dog into that room and they run away and they, they run into a room and kind of cower down. They don't notice that the window behind them is open and up pops Adrian and he grabs Kim and he's trying to like, I guess, strangle her out. He like knocks Julie out of the way. Luckily, Meredith is to the rescue. She tackles Adrian and Kim is able to run the other way with Julia and they go to the scaffolding outside as Adrian, you know, they're trying to get out and Adrian lunges at them through a window. He's kind of set on himself on fire a little bit. <laughs> and that's where we see Randy, the mango man. He's outside. Back. Thank God. He's for like Randy, the mango man. And his prescient mangoes. <laughs> he should have had like a, like a whole pile of mangoes. Jump into the mangoes. You know, like, like <laughs> That would have been hilarious. I, I wish he'd been like, the mangoes told me you were in trouble. I came as quick as I could. <laughs> They will save you. Mango at uh, what's his face? Adrian. Like he's like you just got mango. (laughs) Whacked him in the head and he fell into the fire. (laughs) Yeah, that'd been great. Why don't you mango away? (laughs) Man, go out of the way. I don't know. I can't do it. But um, (laughs) I can't do this. Good try. So, yeah. So he's outside. He's trying to get them to jump off the roof so that they can get away, which, and, and they don't jump until like the porch that they're on, on top of, like starts to collapse. Like, oh, I guess we're going to yeah. jump as it's falling. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. all the encouragement we need. 
So they jump down, and just then, the police show up just in time. I don't know how they knew where she was. In time? Because that was before uh, 911 really traced the call in, like, less than five seconds, you know? But Denise, and no fire engines, just police cars. I was like, that's Just police. Well, well yeah, know, they like, didn't know the well, fire was there. That sucks, man. They just moved there, too. But also, that uh, house went up so quick. I mean, it's a good thing it burned down, because that place was a death trap. <laughs> Well, it's California, and you know they're dry as hell there. So, uh, that, you know, maybe it's a scaffolding. Maybe they were trying to make it fire safe, but unfortunately, it was just oh, yeah. out in the future. Didn't work out. <laughs> no. So yeah, and Lisa and her mom show up at the same time. Everything is all right. Everybody's hugging. They're like, "Oh my gosh, thank God you're here!" And they're watching the house go up in flames. They're hugging. Everything's better. But wait, cue the strings. Like music comes up and Blaze and Adrian comes barreling at them from the house, just completely aflame. And he's like, ah, and he drops to the ground dead. Kim screaming her head off like, oh, my God. Ah. And it fades away to what nobody I assume, shoots him. Nobody shoots nobody him, shoots him d- at all. Just let him just, sort of burn to death. All the <laughs> cops just sort of watch useless. Let me just let you fall down dead here. Nobody try to, don't resuscitate him. Don't try to put him out. Just Nobody like get the children out of there or step in front of them, try to protect them. Just let this flaming man run up. Like, he'll probably burn out before he reaches them. It's probably it's all the cops oh, just into bu- like karma. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, by the way, kids, this is your house set of flames. No nightmares yeah. tonight. Okay. Like nobody's helping. This is like, well, let's let this play out. I want to see where this goes. Yeah. I don't get it. But so the next night, I don't know where they're at. I guess they're at some temporary house. I don't know. I guess it's the next night too, because her dad is there. Kim's dad is there and he's talking with her before bed. And you just kind of see their silhouettes a little bit from the, you know, the it's nighttime, obviously it's dark. So, and he's like, why did you make the, these prank calls in the first place? Like, why did you do it? And she doesn't have anything to say. She doesn't say a thing. She just kind of looks down in shame as he's like, He's like, I'm going to go stay the night with your with your sister. You know, you should be thinking about what you did kind of thing. And he kisses her I forehead. I was convinced this was going to turn into a morality play about the dangers of prank calling. Like, well, it kind of was. Kind of is. <laughs> I mean, but like in a very obvious way, like reefer madness or something. Like, in a oh, yeah, yeah, top, yeah. Like, like, and then like I'm expecting to like, and the more you know, this is why you don't make prank calls, children. Yeah. Fade to black. Yeah, like, or like an 800, if you or anybody else you know makes prank phone calls, call 1-800-STOP-PRANKING or you know, something like that. <laughs> That's totally what would come up, probably. Exactly. So, yeah, she has nothing to say. She's been shamed by her dad, and he leaves the room. And just as he leaves the room, the phone rings. Oh, so good. And she looks at it and reluctantly answers. And she's like, hello? And no one answers in the line. She's like, Lisa, is that you? Hello? And all she hears is Steve's voice. Kim, I know who you are. You killed my brother. And we pull back of an aerial shot of L.A. And you just hear her going, ah! oh, This ending raised so many questions for me. <laughs> like, is he also crazy? <laughs> well, I mean, not even that. But, like, first off, he didn't know about the game where they say, I know what you did. Or, or, you know, the, whatever the, the phrase is. He, you know, he, he didn't know about that game. So, like, why was he calling her to say that? Like, he's like, ah, oh, you did that to my brother. And he's like, no, he had no way to know that's what they said. He was not privy to any of that. Uh, second, he's the one who turned his brother into the police. So if he was, like, in cahoots with murdering, uh, why would he have done that? Yeah. Uh, C3? I forgot. I don't remember what I'm doing here. But whatever the next <laughs> item is... <laughs> 
<laughs> the next item on my list of grievances is uh, uh, Adrian was not killed by Kim. Adrian was killed by himself. He literally set himself on fire, and that's how he died. So yeah. Kim had nothing to do with any of this. Like she was literally not involved in his death in any conceivable way, other than that he panicked when he thought she knew he killed his girlfriend. Okay, I'm trying to like wait. Pronouns I was having a hard time with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The point is, Kim is not responsible for Adrian's death. Adrian is very much the most responsible for his death of yeah. everyone involved. <laughs> I agree. You know what, though? If there's like a crazy gene in their family, though, it yeah. must have just gotten sparked when he lost his brother because he cared about his brother so much. He's trying to help him all the time. And so he didn't seem to now care that much. <laughs> well, now he does. Now the brother's gone. He's like, no, I have my my insane brother. Now I must be the insane one or something. I don't know. But maybe the spirit <laughs> of the dead brother went into him. Oh, oh, like a Chucky doll situation. Yeah. yeah. That's they were going to do like, I, I saw what you did, or I still saw what you did or something like that. You know, <laughs> I, I really want to call this. I know what you did last summer or whatever. I like it. I just like, can't, the title is, is inseparable in my mind from that. I'll never forget what I saw you do. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of this movie? I don't remember. What is the sequel? Oh no. Oh, yes, I saw what you did. Okay. Yes. Like we got yes. there. All right. Yeah. So this was one of my very first. Uh, TV movies to ever watch ever. And I loved the movie when I was a kid. It was freaky to me, you know, especially yeah. like a seven or eight year old. Of course, you're gonna be like, oh, my God, this is crazy, you know, but finding all the plot holes now is what's fun about it. You know, uh, I I thank you guys so much for joining me and for uh, for watching this with me and recapping it with me. I love your input and your little banter. I love your banter on your show, too. You guys are really good. You play off each other really well. So uh, appreciate that. Yeah, totally. Make sure you check out Book Retorts. Like I said, it's pretty much everywhere you can play podcasts. Uh, what are your socials, by the way? What are your social handles? We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Book Retorts. Make it easy. At Book Retorts. Okay, yeah. so make sure you interact with them because they're fun people. Fun people. Yeah, we're fun people. <laughs> we're super fun. We're like the most fun. <laughs> Be the funnest. Yeah. <laughs> The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap, or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And... Thank you guys once again. And uh, I hope to do this again sometime. It was fun talking yeah. with you guys. Yeah. Oh, our pleasure. Fun. So much fun. Together. I really enjoyed that movie. It was a lot of fun to watch. So thank you for introducing us to that. Yeah. You're welcome. See, that's my obscure thing to to give to you. That's my gift to you. We appreciate <laughs> that. You know what? Right in line with our general vibe. It's perfect. Absolutely. Easily awesome. could have used that for the podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, well, for the Rewatch Recap, thank you guys for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.